here we are. What is going on, everybody? It is Wednesday night. That means it is Wrestling Outlet. That means I am Boxman. Hope everyone is doing good. Hope everyone's recovering from WrestleMania weekend. Uh, I actually, I actually watch both nights live. I know, I know. But of course, the man, the myth, the legend that's hanging with me is. That is I, the one and only, the voice of a generation. I'm Smart Wahlberg. How are you? I'm not looking at the YouTube right now. Do you have the video set up where you can see both of the cameras? Yeah. Oh, shit. I can, uh, I can show you that. Give me one second here. Give me two seconds here, Smart. Do this. So I have a surprise. I told you that there was going to be a surprise for you. If you're listening out uh, there, there's a surprise incoming. You're ready for it? Here we go. It's time to play a little game. You ready? Three, two, one. Who am I? Who am I? Hmm. I still don't see anything. <gasps> I believe you are now Smarkino. I'm a visionary. Damn it. <laughs> honoring the heroes, honoring the heroes. I can see. I can see. That's very good. Did you draw that on? Did you draw it? Mm-hmm. It's Sharpie and it burned. It burned my face. Why would you do that to yourself? It's not going to come off very easily. Well, that would be a problem for me to worry about in about two hours. <laughs> oh, I hope it's... Uh, listen, folks. This is what happens here. This is what happens here. All right. Let's see. Saying the audio is muffled and tunneled. All right, give me one sec. Give me one sec. Let me try something here. Why would that be? I didn't have a fan going that I turned off that might help things. All right. Norab, is the audio still bad? Really? Hold on. Let me go into here. Hold on one second. Let me turn off the mono and see what happens. It's, you might lose me for just a second. But I am here. Okay. Way worse. Way worse, right? Not really, but that was like a sharp hiss in my second. Okay, hold on. We're a little better now. Let's drop down a few things here. Hold on, folks. Drop my mic volume just a little bit. See if that helps a little bit. Turn up my microphone volume on the mixer a little bit. I don't know if that helped or hurt. I'm uh, looking to see what Norab is saying here. It sounds good to me, but we'll see. I'm going to have to drop you down. You're loud. But that's not a problem. I can take care of that pretty quickly. Get both of us up here. Drop you down a little bit, which I've had to do many times. All right. It looks like we should be okay. Actually, I don't seem like I'm too loud. I don't know if that helped or hurt. But, um, yeah, Nora, once again, let us know if the audio is okay right now. Please. Yes. Pretty, pretty please. Let us know if the audio is better. I hope it is. So we're trying to do we're trying to do serious things over here. 
Right, like, uh, like which, right. Wow, what was that? Audio is weird tonight, not going to lie. I don't know why it's weird, but it's weird. All right, let's see if, uh, he said, yeah, it sounds better. All right, let's just, uh, let's just roll along with it, I guess then. That, uh, that didn't throw me off at all. All right, yeah, he says it sounds better, so very good. Yeah, you are just extremely loud, which I can actually fix in Skype a little bit. Well, I'll turn the volume down a little bit here. Give me a second. Oh, you could do that, too. Turn the old mic volume down just a touch. And I can, like I said, I can turn you down a little bit in, uh, in Skype also. Not a problem. Oh, maybe I'll turn myself down in Skype a little bit. Maybe that'll help a little bit also. <laughs> just kind of level things out a little bit. Turn both of us down a notch or two. And uh, hopefully that maybe leveled us out a little bit so we're not blaring through Skype. Um, that should have leveled us out a decent amount right there. So, all right. Sorry, folks. Didn't mean to uh, sit here and do uh, audio stuff on the air. But, uh, hey, you know how it goes, folks. Sometimes that's just the way it works. It's the way the cookie crumbles, folks. Sorry you're looking at the audio settings. I will shut those off. Okay. I think we're all right now. I think we're okay. I think we're okay. Um, Smark is uh, looking like this now. and That's all right. That's all right. But I hope everybody else is doing all right for the week. It was a tough week, man. WrestleMania week end. And like I said, I actually watched both nights of WrestleMania live. I was amazed. I couldn't believe it. Well, it wasn't a tough week. It was a great week. It was one of the best weeks ever. One of the best WrestleManias ever, especially the main event. I had numerous Facebook messages asking me if I was happy. And the answer, of course, is always relatively, but yes. Yeah, I figured you were pretty happy after all that went down. I'm like, oh, Smart must be glowing right now. I was actually messaging back and forth with uh, Dirk on night two and uh, during the whole thing. How you doing, Steven? Um, thanks for stopping by but yeah i was messaging back and forth with dirk on the second night and uh, me and him were just kind of going back and forth on a few things so uh, we'll get into those but uh really folks i mean we don't have a ton to get into we got obviously mania i figured that's going to eat up a little bit of time we've got um after mania we've got uh what do you call that thing <sighs> raw a little bit of raw, not much raw, but a little bit of raw. Then we've got the merger, and then we've uh, we've got AEW. There's really not a ton to get into. WrestleMania and the merger pretty much ate up the news the whole week, folks. So uh, that's really that's mostly what I think people are getting going to be getting into. That's mostly what we're going to get into. So uh, I don't know. There you go. But um, all right. So I guess we there is one thing we do need to bring up. Um, unfortunately, it's not good news. But um, a couple days ago, I think it was, uh, I think it was Monday, we uh, we heard about the passing of um, Bushwhacker Luke. Uh, Butch Miller um, passed away, seventy eight years old, which. Not bad for a wrestler. Not bad for an old school wrestler either. Um, but uh, his daughter uh, wrote something 
on uh, on the Instagram or oh, Facebook actually. She said, "Our dear Bob has passed away. Those we love truly never leave us. There are things that death cannot touch. We will always love you, Uncle Bob Miller, until we meet again." That was nice. That was nice. So, yeah, um, you know. All the wrestlers are starting to get old from our youth, man. And uh, it's sad to... It's sad to think about it, but they are. Um, oh, Norab said the Steiner thing. Uh, maybe we'll get into that, too. I guess, I guess we can talk about that in a couple minutes here. Um, yeah. We can talk about that. I know what he's talking about. You know what he's talking about, Smart? The uh, mm-hmm. Steiner and Giselle. Because apparently there was an incident at WrestleCon. Apparently there was. Apparently there was. You, however, are still a little bit muffled. Hmm. Just a little teeny bit. So See, that might make a little bit better, but we'll stay. I think it did. All right, but um, anyway, yeah. So definitely, we wanted to you know sit here and pay our respects to the Bushwhackers. Now we all know the Bushwhackers were kind of their nice guy gimmick. Uh, we all, I mean, we, most of us know they came in to the, you know, the Mid-South and all those places as the heel team, the sheep herders. And they were pretty goddamn brutal as the sheep herders. People almost couldn't believe it when they came in, you know, strutting down to the ring, yelling, whoa, and fucking licking people's heads. Mm-hmm. How would yeah, that They were like more hardcore wrestlers and basically like... Fucking given Nick Gage like the No Way Jose gimmick in WWE, that's like the '80s equivalent of that. There you go. But I mean, imagine this trying to fly now. Just, just imagine them licking people's heads in 2023. Hmm. It seems wildly unsanitary. Yeah, I don't think that would fly anymore. Um, I don't think you're allowed to uh, do that anymore. I don't think you should lick people's heads anymore um some bald guys might pay for it but you know what that's their problem not you not 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 mine i guess it always depends on what head you're liking and how much you're paying i mean i guess that all has something to do with it is that not right vincento <laughs> fishing Boy, that guy has really forced himself right back into his fucking company. He he stuck his foot in the door. He waited a few minutes. Then he just. <laughs> and he had some guys behind him with a battering ram. <laughs> they, mm-hmm. just, they just rammed right through there. Um, but uh, we will get into all that a little bit later. But, yeah, we definitely wanted to sit here and just, like I said, pay our respects to uh, Bushwhacker, Bushwhacker Luke and his uh, and his family. Yeah. Yeah. So uh yeah, man, seventy eight years old, I uh I'd be okay with seventy eight. Yeah, I mean that's kind of a normal lifespan, like you said, especially for wrestlers who tend to pass away younger. Yeah, I think I uh I think I would be okay with seventy eight years old. I really do. I don't think that would hurt. I don't think that would uh I don't think that would uh, depress me very much um but uh yeah so okay uh, all right i guess we can kind of move on a little bit from there um 
like we had said, I guess we can just go ahead and get into WrestleMania, Smart. Obviously, this weekend we had WrestleMania. Um, like I said, I was shocked that I watched both nights, but I'll be honest, after night one, I was looking forward to watching night two. I, I was actually kind of pumped for it by the end of night one. So it, it, it wasn't tough. And I'll tell you the truth. Maybe after not watching for a while, Smart, it's maybe that was the best thing because it seemed like it might have been a better show that I hadn't, you know, I, I the fact that I didn't have to watch the build and didn't do it just kind of went in going, all right, I'm just watching this for the matches and it's WrestleMania. That's why I'm watching. That might have made it a little more enjoyable. I didn't even try to take notes or anything. It wasn't worth it. Yeah, I mean, you didn't have to see the same video packages over and over and over again. Plus, it's a relatively low-stakes proposition because you, much like I, no matter what's happening, going to end up happening or what ended up happening, probably weren't going to watch on a weekly basis anyway. So, like, if a bad, you know, if you don't get the result you wanted, it's like, well, I'm not watching tomorrow anyway, so who really gives a shit? But I did get the result that I wanted, especially Sunday night, but that's it's neither here nor there. But yeah, I would say honestly, if you just made night one, like if you didn't do night two, if you just had night one be its own, just you, that's what you was your WrestleMania, it would probably be one of the better WrestleManias ever. Because it was just with the exception of maybe that six man or six woman, I guess, in this instance. Mm. That one wasn't terribly good, but everything else was really good. I like the uh, multi-team tag match. That was like had a bunch of different fun spots. There was a spot where uh, Stroma was doing the stupid choo-choo noise thing, and fucking Dawkins blindside tackled him like Monty Brown style. Just gave him the pounce to fucking top me pretty hard. And I was like, eh, maybe you're not the uh, Genetti after all. Ah, uh, yeah, there, yeah. You know, you're right. I'm not sure. He's certainly working hard not to be. I can tell you that. So, as I will say, for somebody that doesn't watch on a weekly basis, I did not realize how good Alpha Academy is. I really like what they're doing, and I also like apparently they're going to be doing some stuff with Otis and the Maximum Male Models. Yes, and that sounds like silly and kind of dumb, but like dumb in a way that I can appreciate. They're calling him Otis, so I'm going to be interested. I, I would actually be kind of interested in seeing what happens there. That's that's always fun. Otis is like really charismatic. I like him. He's a really kind of fun, and he's just a fun character. You just want to like him. And, you know, you can't help but compare him to Chris Farley because he is that big, heavy, lovable, kind of crazy guy. And you you just kind of want to hug him like a teddy bear like you wanted to do to Farley. Especially if you hear him talk because he, he doesn't sound exactly like Farley, but he's very much got a Midwestern accent. Yeah. And he has like some Farley isms and his cadence and just the overall the way that he carries himself. So right. just, he's naturally a lovable person. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely he is. So there could definitely be some good stuff going on. But I, I, I now I, I will say I did not watch any of the pre shows at all. Listen, you got me to watch two nights of wrestling in a row. I watched about two minutes of the pre-show on Sunday, and I immediately turned it off when I saw somebody brought a custom-made fed head of Cody Rhodes' dog. That's a good time to I was like, you know what? I I can't justify wasting any minutes of my life in this fucking pre-show, but I will watch the main show. And I did. Well, it's good, because that's pretty much all we're going to do. That's all we're really going to go over anyway now. Both nights, we'll go ahead and say, opened up with uh, Kevin Hart. 
Mm-hmm. Kevin Hart was the, I guess, celebrity host or guest host. Um, as was Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg, who we'll get into it, but Snoop Dogg sort of saved night two. Snoop Dogg sort of saved the second night, um, which, we'll, like I said, we'll get into that in just a little while here. But um, Snoop Dogg was also a co-host. He came down. He was with The Miz. Um, but the first match we got was uh, Austin Theory versus John mm-hmm. Cena. Oh, no, I'm sorry. First night. Uh, yeah, yeah. Austin Theory versus John mm-hmm. Cena. It was that was the first match. First match, first night. Uh, Cena was looking to get in, get out, go back to work. Uh, so um, first match I thought was a good way to kick off the show I think that beard looks a little odd on Austin Theory but that's just that's just a, a, a you know just a physical looking thing which has nothing to do with it I thought the match itself was decent it wasn't that long of a match it was only about you know 10 11 minutes so not horrible, but I liked the first match. I thought it was a decent way to kick it off. John Cena, no, doesn't look like the Cena of old. But, um, you know, bald spot and all, I liked, I, I, I enjoyed the match. He, he needs to come on home. He needs to, to join the bald brotherhood. I'm glad you mentioned that because that was super noticeable. Anytime he would, like, be on the mat, I would notice it. It was just like it, fucking the sun was reflecting off of it. It was very visible. Yeah. And you still sound like you're underwater a little bit. Are, are, are you underwater? Uh, fucking, yes. Okay well, that, okay. well, that explains it. Glub, 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 glub. As and, soon as my dog would go ahead and stop fucking pounding the floor, that would probably help matters. That would help a few things right there. But uh, a- anyone who knows who, uh, who who the Glove Glove reference was is was a Grape Ape fan. Knock it off. <laughs> all right. I'm... So, all right. So you were good with that match? Yes. Okay. All right, then we go right to the men's four-way match, Mark. We went right into that, and that, you were just talking about that a little bit right there. The Street Profits um, actually defeated uh, Braun Strowman and Ricochet, Alpha Academy, and the Viking Raiders. Um, pretty good stuff, though, right there, man. There they all are on the ring. I like how uh, you, you got Otis and Chad in the in the yellow and red. And then you got the Viking Raiders looking, looking like they're cold. Yeah, a little bit. They do. They 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 look cold and pale. What was kind of funny about this a little bit was they come out and they have their manager and they like they they announce her on, on the ring announcer announces her and they keep mentioning her on commentary as Valhalla and. Um, he had Titus O'Neil doing guest commentary yes. for both nights, but he was doing commentary on this match. He's like, "Yeah, I think the I think the added benefit for the Viking Raiders is they got Sarah Logan out there with them." And I was like, "Dude, you're blowing the gimmick, my friend." <laughs> ah, what do they care? And you're right; he was out there for both nights, uh, Titus O'Neil. You know, I've I've said before, I, I may not care for that guy in the ring, but he is very. A, a, an incredible ambassador for that company for going out and doing what he does, all the charity stuff he does, and everything like that. 
So more power to him, man. He's out there. He still works for the company. He's probably doing something he likes a lot better. And you know what? He's not tearing up his body in the in in the meantime. So good for him. Good for him. And he does good stuff. So you know you got to uh, you got to like the guy. You got to like the fucking guy. Uh, then it comes down to people that you're not supposed to like, but we like anyway. Uh, Seth Rollins, folks. Uh, Seth freaking Rollins defeated Logan Paul, which I believe I picked Logan Paul and you picked Seth Rollins. I believe so. Yeah, I believe you were uh, you were correct in this match. So uh, there we go. Now Seth Rollins came down in a uh, obviously Jeff Jarrett inspired outfit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, people were paying tribute to the people who meant a lot to their careers. You had Ray paying homage in his match, and of course, Seth Rollins paid homage to his personal hero and longtime friend, Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett, absolutely. So he came out in that. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I figured that's the only person he could have been paying homage to right there. Now, Seth Rollins had a cool little entrance, though. He had a uh, a music composer down there composing is the, the first composing some music and then composing the crowd doing the whoa to his song. Pretty good entrance. I wonder if you're Seth, if you take that, they take this as a slight because like they only, they only sprung for the composer. They didn't even like spring for an orchestra or like a, a band or the choir. The, Excuse me, sir. The audience is the band and the choir. So they fucking outsourced it. They're getting free labor. This is like the self-checkout of entrances. This is called audience participation. This is not slave labor's mark. No, I see. I'm not down for this kind of shit. This is why I don't go to concerts, because they put the microphone to the crowd. I'm not paying you so I can sing your songs. Motherfucker, you do the work. You don't like joining in and singing along? Absolutely not. I sit stone face, fingers crossed, legs crossed. Really? Okay. Well, I mean, I, I've listened. Let's say arms crossed instead of fingers crossed. Let that be stricken from the record. Stop, stop going to Nickelback concerts. What can I tell you? No. Look at this photograph. Every time I do, it makes me laugh. Visionary. Uh, you know, you could fuck with them all they want, but you know how much money they made in the 2000s? <laughs> in the they did 2000s? the fucking Raw entrance theme. I mean, it was one of their original songs, but it was used as a Raw entrance theme. Yes, it was. You can uh, listen. I, I, you can laugh at those guys all you want, but you know what? They laughed their ass all the way to the fucking bank. Yeah, I'm not in any position to make fun of anybody else. You've had to warn me to stop talking about Fred Durst at one point during the show. I did? Yes. Well, said, no, 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 don't talk about Fred Durst. So I said, well, I wasn't planning on it, but now you're encouraging me to. No, don't do that, man. Look, look, he did it all for the nookie, okay? So don't fuck with him, okay? He did it for the nookie. What? The mm-hmm. cookie. What? I'm not, I'm not sticking that cookie in my yeah, no matter how insistent he is. Stick it in your Yeah. Okay, so, so question time, I guess, since we're on this topic. 
the the title of like the second or third album, whatever it was, was always confused me because it was Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Water. Welcome to Durst Talk, by the way. Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Water. Chocolate Starfish is supposed to be a butthole. What is the hot dog flavored water? Is that like semen or like what are we talking here? I would figure it's the hot, it's the water that the hot dogs were boiled in. I never really thought about that title. I, I never, I mean, I've said it and not really, you know, cared. I don't know what the fuck it means. Uh, that, that's honest to God, but maybe not like that anymore. But it's like I couldn't figure out what the fuck the album title was supposed to mean, and I found it weird and off putting. And then, cares. like, that led to me not listening to them anymore. Who cares? I can't fucking me as a 13 year old, apparently. Wearing my ill-fitting fucking corn T-shirt and my fucking NWO Wolfpack T-shirt because even then I was a hipster. I couldn't just be an NWO black and white fan. Oh no no no! I had to be a Wolfpack fan. All right. Well, listen. You got your thing. I uh, I understand. I do. I get it. It's okay. It's okay. Kindest to God, my fucking favorite member of DX was X-Pac. Like I was that guy. I was that asshole. Just sticking your tongue out everywhere. <laughs> Mm-hmm. All right. I had the CD. I had the CD that the X-Pac theme song came on. And I was like singing along, like rapping along and dancing and doing like fucking the crotch chops or whatever. And my mom just sort of poked her head into the door of my room and I didn't know that she was there. She was like, dinner's ready. And just turned around and walked away. Obviously disappointed. Like didn't say it, but it was, it was palpable. Well, I mean, listen, you could have been twerking. Yes. That's what the girls are uh that's what the girls are all <laughs> caught doing now. They're all caught twerking. Just imagine a strip club where somebody is just like at three in the afternoon on a Tuesday, just grinding into you while the X Factor theme song plays. Fucking Uncle Craig just jamming on out. I am okay. I'm I'm okay with it. I don't know what what your problem is here. I'm fine with that. I know you hate the X Factor, but you don't got to look at me like that. Come on, guys. A little tip for the stripping. We've mentioned the worst fucking music. We got Nickelback. We got Uncle Cracker. We got Olympus. This is this is like a fucking alt rock station in 2002 or so. Oh, man. I don't know, I, uh, I liked all that shitty music. Disturbed and... All that shit. I liked it all. I liked all of it. Corn. I liked it. I've done I shows. Like you liked corn? Mm-hmm. I still like corn. Seven Dust. Seven Dust ain't bad. I still like all those that old 90s music. I did a show on it. For Hollywood I Hangout. was there. I was also a part of that. It was a family value story. We did that one. And then I actually did a 90s grunge one that had some of the best hair flips in the world. Oh, my God. He wasn't even the best. The best hair flips were from Alice in Chains. I can see that. Alice in Chains had great hair flips. They're excellent, excellent hair flips. So. All right. Let's keep going here. We got way off fucking track. Not smart. I believe this might have been another one that I think we disagreed on. 
Uh, this would have been the uh, Legends, the Trish and Lita with Becky uh, versus Damage Control match. I think we, 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 we were off on this one, too. I think you said the Legends. I said Damage Control. That's right. All right. Again, I will say it one more time for you. You were correct, sir. Thank you. I have no problem. More importantly, other than taking the victory lap, I think it's just worth mentioning. Like, I think we should probably talk Lita into not wrestling anymore. She's going to hurt herself. She is. Like, I don't know. She was on, like, a fucking different time zone than everybody else in the ring. Like, she was on fucking central time. She just looked like she was lost and confused and, like... She moved very slowly. Like I, I, I kind of, for whatever reason, thought that was going to be like what happened with Trish, because it didn't seem like Trish cares all that much about wrestling these days. Yeah, so but- I figured if anybody was going to be fucking shit up, it was probably going to be her. But she looked great. She was still doing exactly what she, you know, did in the past, and the timing was good. The chemistry was good. Everything was good. Well, you got to remember that in every possible context. Yeah, I mean, Trish is doing like yoga every day. I believe she owns a yoga studio or some sort of yoga thing. Um, so she's yeah. out there doing that shit every day. She's still in great shape. Lita, though, looked like she was in slow motion. Like, like at points, it looked like she was gingerly doing stuff. And it's like, bitch, you used to lay that just shit call in. Just call and you just, like, replace fucking Bailey with Shotzi Blackheart. And they just reenact this fucking Charlotte spot where they're wrestling at fucking point zero percent speed. I don't know, man. It's uh, Lita definitely did not look. I don't want to say she looked like she didn't want to be there, but she looked like she was just like 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 it was a dance, like choreographed. Mm-hmm. And she was just going through the motions. So yeah, I'm 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 kind of with you. The match wasn't horrible, besides a lot of Lita just looking like she was just like in West Side Story dancing through the match. I don't know. I don't know what else to say, but uh, you were once again correct. The Legends with Becky Lynch did win that match. Indeed. And, and I think I kind of talked you into being wrong on this one with the uh, Rey Mysterio-Dominic Mysterio match. I think I, I think I talked you into being being wrong. I, I think we both picked Dominic, correct? Or did we disagree on this one, too? No, I, I don't know. I, I certainly did. I picked him. I don't. I don't think he really talked me into it as much as I just. That's who I wanted to win. Mm. The more I thought about it, it, didn't make logical sense because if they're trying to do like multiple matches, him winning doesn't necessarily serve as a catalyst for a continuation of a feud. It would basically just be like because Ray didn't want to wrestle him in the first place, right? So Dominic forced him to, and then if Dominic wins, Ray's just like, all right, well, good enough. He, he did what you wanted to do. But Ray winning, I guess, is probably going to make it so that Dominic wants another match, and then you have something for, like, SummerSlam or, you know, fucking whatever pay-per-view they're having in the middle of the summer before SummerSlam. I think that's Saudi. I think there's a Saudi oh, yes, in the, the middle. old Saudi blood money shows. I think there's a blood show in the middle there, so. Yeah, this was a, listen, when Dominic came out in, like, the police van with, the, it was really cool. And the 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 entrance with uh, Ray with Snoop, and you know that song leading into Eddie's song, and then leading into Ray's song, I thought was really cool. And the the, the way he came out in the car, and 
both had great entrances, but I thought Dominic was Dominic's entrance. I just thought was so over the top, oozing with cheese. But I fucking loved it. I'm like, this dude is so fucking living the gimmick. I mean, the night before he had a walkout of of his dad's Hall of Fame speech. I'm sure he went right to the back and watched it and was crying. But mm-hmm. you know, it's it. I don't care, man. It was great. It was absolutely great that what they did there. Did you see the photo? Speaking of, because we're talking about the Hall of Fame, of it's Rhea Ripley, Dominic Mysterio, and a very disinterested-looking Buddy Murphy. Yeah, like he looks like he would rather be anywhere else in the world. Yeah, he did not care to be there, and uh, I guess Andrade was there, and I mean, look, they all—it's it's the Hall of Fame. I mean, they're allowed to go with their women to the Hall of Fame. It's not a problem. Yeah, he genuinely didn't want to be like he looked like he was the husband that had to go to his wife's work function and he didn't know anybody there and he didn't want to be like he just looked so wildly uncomfortable. Yeah, he did a lot of the time. He really did. And especially in that picture, it was almost like uh, it was like almost like when J-Lo talks to uh talks to Ben Affleck. I was actually going to say, if you could just, like, if you could Photoshop in that fucking WWE exec that was in Liv Morgan's ear, and she was just, like, looking dull, disappointed, and sad. <laughs> like, that's basically the same overall vibe of the Buddy Murphy fucking Hall of Fame photo. It's just, like, he wishes he could be edited anywhere else. Yeah, it's pretty close. It is pretty close. It is pretty close. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Ray did end up taking this match. Most people really, let's face it, the real picture everybody talked about was the picture of Aaliyah uh, straddling the the barricade? Everyone loved that picture. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, Mama got to slap her her son, and uh, I don't know, man. I I just thought this whole thing was great. I was actually very happy Ray won. I thought it it, it was good. I I was just figuring. Listen, if if he's doing the Hall of Fame and this is going to be his. This could have been his last match. We didn't know if it was going to be. And if it was, I thought he might want his son to be the one to take him down, you know? Yeah. I, but, I, know, I knew as soon as the, his theme switched into the Eddie theme, I was like, yeah, he's winning this match. They're not yeah. pulling that one out if, if Ray's losing. So as soon as it went from Snoop Dogg entrance to Eddie theme to his theme, I was like, yeah, this one's already over. Yeah, but I, I thought that was pretty cool, the whole theme thing. There was a few really good um, really good things tonight that happened with uh, themes and all that stuff. So, you know, so, or on Saturday night. See, I would actually argue, and I, got, I get what they're saying, because it was like a celebration of his career, and Eddie meant a lot to his career or whatever, but for storyline purposes, I would argue if it would make more sense if Dominic used it. Because, like, the whole point, like, some of the feud was him saying that he wishes that he was actually his dad. And he right. fucking hates Ray and that and the third. So if he comes out to Eddie's theme as, like, mind games, I actually thought that would have been more effective. But, I mean, it's either here or there. It was a great match. I had I enjoyed watching it. Yeah. Yeah. I did, too. And uh, I really enjoyed the next match, which was close to the longest match on the show, which was Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. Uh, you know, this one made me happy. I was, it, it, not only was the match good, I really, I was really enjoying watching this match and I just like watching Rhea, but, um, I loved it. Rhea ended up winning. 
becoming the new SmackDown Women's Champion. Even Charlotte couldn't help but smile, uh, kind of breaking character just a little bit. Uh, but uh, there's Rhea right there holding up the championship. Uh, great, great, man. She finally overcame it that. Uh, it, was good. it was good, man. It was very physical. Did you see the part where she dropped, where Rhea dropped Charlotte like dead on her fucking face? Yes. That was painful. Yeah, yeah. These two were. I mean, you, if you look under her, you know, just under her uh, arm right there on her. Uh, uh, I forget what those are called, but uh, right under her armpit there, you can see she's got a big bruise on there from the ropes and everything. And yeah, they were pretty physical in this match, but good match, man. And really, I was so happy to see her win. She deserved it after all the after running into that, you know, fucking absolute wall that is Charlotte when she was having when she had some of the best momentum that I've ever seen. And they just said, no, no, she has to lose. Mm-hmm. No, can't have it. No, no, no. Yeah, and luckily enough, they rectified the wrong. And like, and ultimately, I think it works for the best anyway, because, you know, that match happened during the old pandemic. So there was no crowd anyway. So then she actually got her win over Charlotte at WrestleMania in front of the crowd, where it actually meant more. So all as well that ends well in that. Garden. Yeah, I guess. I guess if you want to put it that way, if you want to, if you want to kiss WWE's ass, I do. Okay, well then, kiss away. I'm, I'm trying to join the trend. I'm trying to join the list of wrestlers on Twitter that are kissing up and hoping to get a job. The bully rays of the world, the Enzos of the world. Yeah, it's actually uh, kind of the opposite, Smart. I don't know if you know that, but. Um... According to Fightful Select, a lot of wrestlers are actually looking to probably, they keep saying probably, ask for their release if Vince McMahon is going to stay in charge. I would say, if anything, just maybe word that better when you're asking Vince. Because if you're going to ask Vince for a release, you might accidentally get yourself in a hole. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, whoa. Put it back, fella. Put it back. What the fuck is wrong with you, Vince? Oh, 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 you said release. <laughs> Rick told me, pal. Whoa, damn it. Oh, I'm sorry. Now it's a, uh, you said release. Mwah, oh, 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 Okay. <laughs> I'm going to tell you the train tracks. In this instance, do you think that, like, who who is Muttley in this instance? If, if Vince is Dick Dastardly, is, is Shane Muttley or is, is like, Linda Muttley? Ooh. I don't know. I'm not sure what Shane is right now. Um, hurting. Shane's hurting. Also, also, apparently the rumor was that Linda was backstage just hanging out. And, like, when that, when I when I had heard that, I just pictured her for no apparent reason, just like being in the wheelchair, like it was WrestleMania 18 again. You should just fucking have comatose in the fucking wheelchair. The WrestleMania theme playing in the background. She's just back there hanging out in a wheelchair. <laughs> hey, you know, why walk when they'll push me? I get it. I get it, dude. I want to be there one day. I want one of those little fucking scooters and everything. That's where I want to be. 
Yeah, Dirk, like Dirk's saying, apparently Bailey left a cryptic tweet on Twitter, as one does nowadays. That's that's how you conduct business in 2023. Yeah, it but was... yeah, apparently there's a bunch of people who are unhappy, theoretically, and may or may not be wanting their release. Yeah, I which... think Bailey said... I'm trying to think. I don't have it in front of me. I believe the words were, even the greatest of stories must come to an end. Something like that. Greatest of love stories. Ah, there you go. It was off the top of my head. I think I did pretty fucking good. All right. No, I'm just I I, I keyed in on that word because if that means there's some open availability, then I'm going to have to you know slide into those old DMs. Oh, dude, I wouldn't blame you one bit, brother, if you tried. Mm-hmm. My God, just fucking get lost in that shit. More than anything, like we were talking about before, this leads to her taking the old Sergeant Banks path of joining New Japan. Just those cameramen. I would I would kill to just see the cameramen do their expert work of just the cre- the creeper bud shots. Just like mm. fucking framed lovingly like it's in a Tarantino movie. Just fucking it'd be absolutely phenomenal. Like if you, you saw the work that they did with Maria, you saw the work that they did with Sasha, imagine them giving Bailey to work it would be phenomenal. Imagine we had a Bailey to work with. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just some fucking creepy New Japan cameraman, just full bricked up, Ugh. just fucking holding the camera, just basically on the verge of giving her a colonoscopy with the camera, the HD camera. Mm. Mm. I, I trust me, I'm not making mm, a colonoscopy. Those are those aren't fun. I've I've, I've been there. I've been there. Michael colonoscopy. I like that one. Hey, Michael colonoscopy, coming down. Come on down, Michael. That does sound like a name they would call on like prices, right? Michael Colonoscopy, come on down. Who well, honestly I think more than anything, that's the person I feel the worst for. I've decided just now about the whole the news that broke Monday. Because I was listening to him during WrestleMania. It's like, you know what? This guy isn't half bad at commentary when he doesn't have a fucking dementia adult fucking octogenarian shouting incoherent shit into his ear the entire time he's trying to do his job. No. uh, Cole's got a new lease. Dude, if you saw him, you know what? We can might as well just go ahead and get into the next match because we can talk about Cole right here. Since we were talking about Michael Cole, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So there's a whole Snoop Dogg Miz thing going on right here. And they're going back and forth. Suddenly, for some reason, they start arguing and Snoop calls down someone to fight him. And who comes out but Pat McAfee. And I will be... Michael Cole looked like his... uh, He looked like his father he hasn't seen in years was coming down to the fucking ring to see him. He lit up like a Christmas tree, dude. Did you see that shit? Mm Mm-hmm. Bro, that was one of the most... I I genuinely believe he did not know that was happening because he looked genuinely shocked, happy. Dude looked fucking elated. He looked looked so excited to see Pat McAfee, man. The guy made me happy. He was so happy. He it came it it oozed through the fucking screen, man. So, but we did get Pat versus um 
Miz, and he pretty much handled it. Two, three-minute match, he took out Miz. With the help of uh, George Kittle. Am I right there? That's right, yeah. The tight end of the San Francisco 49ers. Hey, easy with the tight ends, pal. There's got to be a better name for that. In 2023, we're still calling mm. them. Are we still calling them tight ends in 2023, Smart? Come on. Come on. Don't. Well, don't. after a couple of years, they become wide receivers, but, you know, it's neither here nor there. Where's the rim shot when I need it? Hey! Da da ch. Okay. I think that just went over both of our heads. Let's just go ahead and go on to the main event, folks, because this, this main event match was the, this match told uh, an, an incredible story from the start to the end of this match. Um, the buildup has been great. Everything's been great. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn defeated the Usos in this match. Um, and it was for the WWE undisputed tag team championships. And I, I, dude, there wasn't a moment of this match where you just weren't like just ingrained in the match. Like they just brought you into the whole thing, the whole bloodlines, you know, story going on, you know, with Sammy and Jay. And when Sammy, Every time Sammy hit Jay with the Huluva kick at the end there, he wouldn't let him fall. He kept grabbing him, holding him up. He was holding him up. And, dude, er everything they did in this match just added to every bit of the story. And the story will continue from here. So Exactly. I think, I mean, that's, that's what I love about wrestling is the sense that like, I don't think anybody could have predicted when they started doing it. You know, they put Sammy with the bloodline. Just, I feel like it was more for anything, just like shits and giggles, something that they would do for like a month or two. And then it would be, you know, like maybe it would be a throwaway feud for a pay-per-view that, you know, or PLE, as they like calling them now, mm. in the middle of the year that it didn't really mean anything. But it caught steam so quickly. And then they just, they rolled with it. And they adapted and they were listening to their fans and they made a whole thing out of it. It was one of the more nuanced, better told, long, I mean, it was long and drawn out, but it was very rewarding when it got to its conclusion, if that's where we are. But if we, you know, if it got to this point where we are now, where you can Sammy having his revenge and Sammy and Kevin reuniting and then capturing the tag team titles, it was very cathartic and it was very fun to like watch and be along for the ride in that regard. It was, it was one of the best storylines that they've had like in years for sure, but just all time in general. Oh, absolutely, man. It's definitely been a roller coaster, but a great roller coaster to be on. And like I said, we may not watch, but I still keep up with, with WWE. I still listen to I listen to Solo Monster, so I definitely keep up with it. I listen to uh post wrestling, their you know, rewind rewind a, a, a raw, rewind a smackdown. So I do still listen. I have an hour ride in the morning, folks, and an hour ride home more than an hour. So I have plenty of time to listen to what's going on still. I may not watch, but I still want to hear what's going on. So I do hear, and I'll tell you, this story, I think there's still a lot more to be told. And I think that it's going to keep going and going and going and going. I think they can get, maybe not to, probably not to next Mania, but I definitely think this can get to SummerSlam and still have some story going. I think so. So... 
you know, let's just see what happens. But uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn win, and the crowd is losing their fucking mind. Um, you got Kevin Owens over there. You got Sami Zayn holding up the titles. Kevin Owens, for some reason, has the worst armpits in wrestling. I don't know why. Um, and the referee is the darkest one in this picture. Mm-hmm. And what's shocking? Yep. No, oh, please go ahead. I'm sorry. I was gonna say, Paulie D's got to do something now. I'm sure. I don't think they're doing the Jersey Shore anymore. No. I mean, listen. You gotta. You know, you do what you got to do to uh, to eat. Uh, I, I'm not quite sure what lime green guy does there in the front row to eat, but my God. I hate that guy so much. I, you, you know what? He makes you, just seeing him every show right there, fucking lime green shirt. Let someone else have that fucking seat, you little bitch. I'm so glad that you're saying this because I was thinking the same thing too. And I, but then, like the, the rational voice in my head was like, "Well, there's plenty of front row seats. I mean, other people can just sit there too." And I'm like, "No, no, fuck this. I hate this fucking because it's always the same fucking shirt every time. It's always wearing the same fucking dumb hat. He's making the same fucking obnoxious face and stupid fucking goatee. I just want to punch like if Dominic would have shanked him." I would have fucking I would have bought every Dominic Mysterio fucking T-shirt that has ever been made. I would have bought half with you. <laughs> I, I look. What, what does some fucking loving father not deserve to bring his kid and sit right there in the front on hard cam yeah. and have his son be on camera every waking moment? No, no, no. Fucking lime green guy <laughs> in the hat has to. Rick. I hate that guy so very much. And what I've noticed too is like he barely makes any fucking reactions. Like he does the I I saw him put a thumb do a thumbs down when Roman was coming out of night two, and that was it. Like that was the yeah. only time I've ever seen him emote. Normally he's just standing there with his fucking mouth gaped like an idiot. Like this stupid fucking I I just I, I seriously like I for real I see him, I just want to punch him. Like yeah. they should do something with him. They should make him like a heel manager. Because I just I want to punch him so very much. I hate fucking green shirt. I mean, at least sign guy Rick had emotion. He had signs. He would yell. He would scream. He would. I mean, dude, John Cena even hugged that guy on the way out when he was supposedly fired after he lost that <laughs> match. Um, I mean, it. There's been plenty of super fans that have been. I mean, dude, look at fucking crazy Brock Lesnar fan. Yeah. He's not he's not nearly as unlikable. I, I personally like I don't really care for any of them and not like fans of the fans. But the one I find the least annoying is the Cactus Jack guy. The one that just basically just looks like skinny foley. And he's like he's in the front row of like most of the ECW shows. Wow. And then he'll just be like every once in a while when they're doing like a raw, I guess, in Philadelphia, he'll pop up. Well, they're gonna be doing fucking WrestleMania in Philly next year, everybody. So that's going to be wild. Philly, Philly, y'all got one more chance. Can we be on our best behavior this fucking time? Huh? Can we? Huh? I mean, at least they're, at least they're keeping Roman as a heel. They've, they've learned from their mistakes. Oh, my God. Dude, this is a fucking year down the road. Oh, he'll still be heel. He'll still be champion by then more than likely. This guy but... could be in the ring suffering succotation again by then. Who knows? Calling people baby girl. You never know, man. 
You never I will say know. also, I, I listened to the post-show press conference that they did for this, because they did it for night one and night two, and I was like, well, this is a waste of time. Nobody's going to say anything interesting. Wrong. I realized why they don't put the belt on Sammy, and it's because Sammy is honest. He made fun of Kevin for plugging Snickers, which was kind of funny. And then they were asking him about like fan reaction, and he said that he never expected the fans to give him any reaction. He always expects him to be at zero, and then it's his job to work him up to 100. But then what made me laugh was he said, well, I never, I'm like, I'm never one of these people who expects fans to do anything. Like, I'm not like, hey, brother. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait why am I doing my Braun Strowman impression? And Kevin's like, no, 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 no let it go. And he's like, <laughs> like, you wonder why you're doing that? And he kept, so that he kept doing it. And Kevin's just laughing on you, making it worse. But yeah, you, so if you watch back the press conference, I think it's on Peacock and they did it on YouTube. You can listen to Sammy make fun of Braun Strowman for a little while, and that was fun. Maybe Sammy was trying to do a CM Punk. I'm surprised he didn't start bitching about people back. I'm trying to run a company here. Yeah, it became abundantly clear that he just like he has no media training, and that's what I appreciate about him. It's like he actually answers questions honestly. Good for him. Good for him. I don't think he can help it, dude. I, I, I really don't. I think that's just the way he's built, just to kind of say what he says. It's kind of how I'm built. I mean, try, I, how many times have I said stuff where you're just like, that wasn't smart, but I say it anyway. It was cool, though, because at the end, Kevin mentioned that uh, he was mentioning how important PWG was to their careers and whatnot. They wore, like, PWG-inspired attire during the match. He said he was very thankful for everything that Super Dragon did for him, but then he was also thankful for everything that Mark and Jay Briscoe did for them. And he hopes that Jay saw the match and appreciated what they did. So that was pretty cool. Oh, I bet Vince was backstage seething. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Mm, seething. Oh, I bet he was. I bet he was. I bet he was. So, uh, Let's go here to night two. I'm going to pull up my. Uh... By the by, while you're doing that, I watched the Supercard of Honor over the weekend. And it was Mark Briscoe versus Samoa Joe. And there's a point where like Joe's dominating most of the match. And there's a point where Mark like counters him and starts trying to build momentum. But he's like he's on the mat and he starts crawling for the corner and he puts his hand out and looks up and then realizes what's going on. And I was like, oh, you fuckers. Like they that was that. That was fucking emotional. Oh, yeah, there was some good stuff. There was some good stuff. All right, I'm pulling up my uh, little conversation I had with Dirk during during the second one, the second night. So we also, can... if you didn't, if you saw the tag of the ladder match, they did the uh, reach for the sky ladder match on the Supercard of Honor. Fucking the injury to Dante Martin. My goodness, he basically like went full sin. Like his fucking his foot and his ankle did basically like an exorcist. It just like went three sixty. Yeah, I saw that shit. I saw that shit, dude. That did not look uh, natural. Yeah, it, it looked bad. It looked pretty bad. I mean, that was a, that was a weird thing. It was like he did the Canadian destroyer, and like he, they went through the tables just fine. But like as they were hitting the ground, he landed weird on his leg, and it was. Just, Oof, it was terrible. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I saw a picture. I didn't see the actual video, but I was uh, watching it live, and there's like, I knew immediately. I was like, oof, he's gone for a while. 
That's he's he's gonna be out from them. I feel bad for them because like between him and his brother, they both have been missed a lot of time in the last like two or three years and have to keep trying to regain momentum and then every time they do something happens. Yeah, it seems like it. One of them gets hurt, one of them gets taken out. It's just uh they're like cursed, man. They're fucking like a cursed goddamn team. But uh all right. Let's uh let's get into night two. What do you say? Let's do it. Let's That's do what it. Is, how are you? What? All right. First match. Brock Lesnar defeated Omos. I believe I... I don't remember what you said for this match, Mark. I know I said I thought Omos, Brock was going to do the job here and lose. Yeah, I think if, if anything, I could accuse you of talking me in any results. I think this was the one. Was this it? Okay. You're like, yeah, Brock's going to lose to him. There's no way that Brock's going to win. He's just going to he's gonna fucking lose, and he's going to be on a helicopter out within fucking 20 minutes of the show starting. And I was like, all right, yeah, that sounds plausible. Obviously, he didn't helicopter out because he was at Raw the next night. So, But I'm sure he was back at his hotel before the main event was on. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure about that. Uh, Christopher Kane, what's going on, sir? How you doing? Says night one was better. I don't think I disagree with you there. I really don't. I don't think I disagree. I think with the the, the matches we just talked about, the the uh, Rhea Ripley winning, the Kevin Owens match, the Dominic Men uh, Ray match, I think night one might have actually been better. I really do. I think night one had a lot of a uh, lot more. Yeah, pardon the pun. A lot more impact. Than uh, than night two. Overall, yes. Yeah, but we've got something coming on the horizon that that makes me very much appreciate night two. I don't think it was the next match. I don't think it was the next match, which was the uh, Ronda Rousey versus Liv Morgan, uh, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler versus Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez, Natalia and Shotzi, Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. Uh, and Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler and their absolutely horrible makeup won. What the fuck, dude? This looked like a fucking parrot and a pigeon came to the fucking ring for the match. What the fuck are they doing? They went to like one of those booths that they have at the amusement parks. Yes. That's- like, you give them a five, even five dollars and they'll make you look like a cheetah. Mm-hmm. That's what it looked like. That is what it looked like they did. What did I say to Turk? I said they I think I said they look like a, a parrot and a pigeon. Hold on, let me see what I said. Because I was like, what the fuck is going on with their makeup? I know Rhonda tries to get like this special kind of makeup, but man, pretty uh pretty I did. I said it looks like a he said it's supposed to be Ken and Ryu. And I'm like, no, it looks like a fucking evil parrot and an evil pigeon. I was unaware that Ken or Ryu had face paint. I'm not familiar with the newer Street Fighter iterations, but in the originals, they did not. No, they looked horrible. They looked absolutely fucking horrible. I think this was fucking stupid. But um, after that, they were uh, promoting Mike's Hard Lemonade because what's better? for a show geared towards children than to push alcohol. 
Oh, I'll tell you what's better for a show that's supposed to be meant for children than them pushing alcohol. Them having a domestic dispute match that was sponsored by Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I forgot. I can't believe that we forgot to mention that. The entire time that Rey Mysterio is just beating the shit out of his son. Yes. There's a giant advertisement for fucking Cinnamon Toast Crunch in the background. Rey Mysterio is walking to the ring. There's a giant fucking costumed figure that's a Cinnamon Toast Crunch dancing along with Rey Mysterio and Snoop at ringside. Which, it was like a which turned out to be Saul Ruka from NXT. Ah, very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, anyway, let's just move past this fucking match. Now, let's go on to one of the matches that I thought actually was a uh, a, a very good part of night, too. Uh, Gunther, Gunther, Drew McIntyre, and Sheamus. Dude, this match went the exact way we fucking said it was chops blood blisters on the chest gunther coming out as the winner bro we fucking nailed this one finally mm-hmm. yeah, it, was, it was a really fun match like we knew it was gonna be just fucking three men just beating the ever-loving shit out of each other and that's exactly what we got and it looked great and it was fun to watch yeah i mean literally within the i mean dude this match only lasted eight minutes and within the first two minutes, I literally messaged Dirk. I'm like, bro, this is brutal all like already. And we're barely anywhere in. And man, I gotta say, Gunther looks like a new man. Mm-hmm. Dude, I this look is just I mean, this guy looks like a fucking Bond villain. He really does. He has like an old school quality to him old school aesthetic this guy looks like a fucking bond villain man and he looks great he's fucking amazing in the ring at this point but uh this match was fucking just like we said it was gonna be stiff hard hitting i mean look at his chest look at that and then you had uh we had we had sheamus and drew mcintyre doing the just the you know when Sheamus does his bunch of hits on the they were doing 20 and 25 and at one point Sheamus was doing it to Drew and he dropped because he just couldn't fucking take it anymore he was on like 23 and Drew just dropped dropped and he's like fuck it no more no more so that I thought was a great match a great outcome and uh, I just thought that match went exactly the way we called it, which I loved it. I loved it. So after that, we had the uh, Bianca Belair and the Asuka match. Now, this match, listen, the match wasn't exactly the greatest match in the world, but there was a moment before this match where Bianca Belair had a bunch of uh, girls out there dancing, and there, there was one little girl she focused on. And it turns out that that little girl's mother had passed away earlier in the day. And she wanted to do the show. So Bianca Belair taking this little girl who literally the worst day of her life and made an incredible memory for her that she's going to be able to watch for the rest of her lifetime and her kid's life and her grandchildren and just unbelievable. Unbelievable what uh, what this entrance was and the match I really thought wasn't uh, anything to talk about, but this entrance was uh, was something else for her. 
Yeah, it was cool because like all of the girls there were also like local girls. I guess they were from the Compton School. I don't know if it was a public school or like a dance academy or whatever, but right. they're all local people, so that's cool. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Bianca Belair obviously retained, which I think this is her third. I think I read that it was her third consistent win. Not only the, not just like the first black woman, the first woman to win three WrestleManias and to retain the title. So good for her, man, out there breaking records. And like me and you both said, though, there was absolutely zero reason to take the belt off her. If anything, she's been actually kind of like a role model with this belt. You see a lot of pictures of little girls just kind of trying to be like her and do stuff. And dude, that that if if that's really what WWE right now is geared towards, that let's face it, who WWE is geared to in the next six months is all up in the air. So, um, but yeah, this match might not have been the, the the best. It wasn't bad at all. It just I wasn't that into this match, but uh, that entrance was was something else. And then there was even a backstage thing with that little girl. So definitely a lot of attention focused on her uh, right. on that night. So, all right, folks, let's go ahead and go to this right here. Now, this is what we need to talk about. So somebody who's not quite as good at dancing. So this we get the Snoop Dogg and the whole thing with him and Snoop Dogg and Miz, and they're talking back and forth like friends, and suddenly, suddenly, Snoop Dogg's pissed at him and brings down out comes Shane McMahon. So Shane McMahon comes out. He's just stepping and moving and going. And this is how Shane came in, all dancing and looking around, and this is how Shane left, laying on his fucking back. He comes in, he talks to the crowd he can barely talk because he's blown the fuck up and uh he goes he does a uh, an irish whip to a drop down leapfrog and tries to get up from the the leapfrog and his leg says no 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 turns out he tore his quad on the leapfrog and like I said, man, Snoop comes in and saves the day. Push, I, I guess they were supposed to do this after the match. Snoop comes in, pushes down the Miz, and uh, does the people's elbow. And you could, at one point, Jessica Carr was kind of telling him, get back in the fucking ring. We need to do something here. And uh, Snoop Dogg hits, not the greatest looking people's elbow, but... Who cares, man? Snoop stepped in, made this match a little bit better in my opinion. Not the match. He made this segment a little bit better, in my opinion. So, yeah, I would argue that he has improved since his time in the company. Yes, he, he has. He learned better than to not go to the top rope. Mm-hmm. That I was happy to see. That I was happy to see. So, yeah, did pretty good, but I, I think Snoop stepping up. You know what? Not just Snoop. Props to everybody in that uh, little situation there. They all kind of came together, and you could you could see it happening, but they made it enough to war to where it was uh, still enjoyable. 
Yeah, I mean, basically, that was some, some long-term storytelling because it was setting the picture for the next day because Shane tore his quad as an homage to Vince. There you go. Like That's... you're saying, you know, Vince tore his quad, Triple H tore his quad, Shane tore his quad. That's it. He's part of it's. Hey, you're in the fam. You're part of the family now. All right. Oh, somebody needs to stitch together like a then, 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 now, forever video package, which is all three of them tearing their quads. What they should do is, uh, since Shane is finally tore his quad, they should get the part in Goodfellas where they just go, You broke your cherry. <laughs> <laughs> when. When uh when Hendry gets locked up, had a boy Hendry. All right, so we got two more matches left here, folks. We've got the uh, let's go to this one right here with uh, Edge and Finn Balor in a hell of a cell match. Hell of a cell, hell in a cell match. What the fuck <laughs> did I just say? The hell of a cell match. They, did, a, they gave it their best shot out there. Those kids just wrestling their hearts out. You know what? It was a hell of a cell match. I'll tell you that right now. It was. It was a hell of a cell match. These guys went out there. Think we got a show title? Yeah, I think we might. But uh, I really did. I thought this was a really fucking good match. Brutal as fuck. Listen, at one point, Finn was down, and you're like, holy shit. And he was bleeding pretty bad. And even with the makeup on, you can see the blood going down, which I'll get into the makeup and everything in a minute, the the, the body paint and shit. But uh, Finn ended up, they literally gave him a local anesthetic and gave him staples right there in the fucking ring, dude. And this is what it looked like after. That is a gash, dude. Mm-hmm. Look at that. His head was split from hairline. I don't know. What what would you say? Five inches back from the hairline back? Five, maybe six inches? Yeah, something like that. That is, and it's deep. That is a deep gash. So they, they literally. I'll say. Yeah. What? I said, I'll say. A deep gash and beating. Go oh, stop you fucking perv. This is f- come on, man. That is bad, dude. That 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 looks painful. That looks fucking painful. That that does not look good. Finished the fucking match off though. Did what he had to do. And um I thought it was a good match, but I do gotta tell you. Again, I was messaging back and forth with Dirk during the second night. And I was telling him, I don't know if I got maybe this was me. This was not the demon of old. To be honest with you, dude, I thought the paint on his body paint looked like they ordered fucking temporary tattoos. Like a stencil job, maybe? That's what it looked like to me. All the writing and this and that. Dude, he used to come out with that shit and have the fucking extra neck to where it looked like he had a huge mouth and all that shit. This was like fucking... This was like the demon went fucking you know uh corporate to me i don't know look maybe it was just me but i thought he just i thought it looked like he was forcing the character a little bit was it me or did you catch that or i don't know it seemed like he just 
I mean, I give them credit for, like, going out there and, like, working hard and trying their best and all that shit, but there was something that just kind of seemed off about the match. I mean, I guess, like, even before Finn got injured, but, like, you know, I, mean, I don't blame them for things being off after the fact when you have, like, half your head is fucking open. Mm. And I don't blame them for that. But, like, you know, it just seemed like maybe their chemistry wasn't the best or something. I don't know what's going on with that, but it just... It, it wasn't quite what I was hoping for with all the build and hype and whatnot. But I will say one of the most clever moves I saw was when Edge had Balor in the corner and he used the kendo sticks to pin him in the corner. I mean, yeah, how long would that, yeah, that was cool. yeah, how long would that pin somebody? I get it. I do. I get it. I get it. I get it. But. I think I think I just like put it together and figured out what it is that I didn't like. I don't like like the co- color coded weapons were like really fucking cheesy to me. Whereas like did they did they both stay up like the night before like fucking they went to the Michaels Arts and Crafts store and just bought some paint and just went to town like all right I'm gonna paint this chair I'm gonna paint this kendo stick uh, I paint this ladder. It, just, it seemed fucking silly that they would be like, this is like this is supposed to be this blood feud, and they're going out and fucking doing arts and crafts and fucking crocheting <laughs> chairs and shit. You literally have them in like the garage the night before just painting all this shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they're making like the fucking like they're making soapbox <laughs> derby cars like you were talking about a couple weeks ago. There you go. They're doing pine box derby cars and yeah, be and just just imagine uh, fucking Edge looking like how he does, just like kind of looking like a vagrant that somehow has a bit of money for reasons you're unsure of, just like going into an art store and ask, asking some like twenty year old cashier lady like what the best paint to use would be to use for painting a chair. He does. Like, kinda... Which one of these is gonna look best on a kendo stick? And she's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" does look like a vagrant with a fucking physical trainer which is like I, I'm, I'm... but that's like the new look dude you the more homeless you look and the more ripped you are it's like the new look so basically what you're saying right now is like the blade is like it when it comes to cosmetically pleasing people him and the butcher man badass badass just ripped, fucking ripped, nomadic-looking people. There, that's it, man. Chicks dig them. That's what I hear. Chicks dig them. So yeah, I, 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 I really did like that match. I thought it was a really good match between those two. I had no doubt it was gonna be, and I believe both of us did pick Edge to win that match. I believe. I did. I certainly did. I think we both did. I believe, and I have a smile from ear to ear because I see what's next on the rundown. Yeah, yeah, I know you know. Finally, time. Let's get Bruce Buffer out here. It's time for the main event. Let's get ready to rumble. That's good enough. I guess as loud as I can do it. All right. Yes, the main event of night two: Roman Reigns. Cody Rhodes for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. The match itself was was <laughs> the match itself was good. I will say that I did enjoy this match. I really never seen in my life. 
I figured you would say that. And match Derek, the year, match the decade, match the millennia, century. <laughs> You're such an ass. Look at you. Just, just. I mean, fucking, I'm not giving it stars. I'm giving it fucking eight planets. Look at you just bathing in the misery I'm of giving others. this shit an entire fucking solar system. Fucking all uh, stupid stars. This gets like eight galaxies. Oh, you are basking in the misery of others, dude, because people were losing their minds when Cody lost this match. Folks, we called it. We knew. We were hoping. We were hoping. But, um, yeah, Cody did end up losing this match. But, uh, you know, it did. Roman did get a lot of help, which I know was going to be part of the story. Obviously, that's what they're going to do. Obviously, uh, Cody is going to deal with Brock for a little while and then go back to Roman. So, which is fine, but maybe, maybe, I mean, honest to God, like I thought people at first were like, well, maybe they just don't see Cody as the guy. Maybe they won't ever push Cody again. I'm like, all right, you guys are being fucking melodramatic. But then Monday happened and mm. I don't know. They might be right. They might be onto something. They could be. Now, Dirk is correct. Kevin Castle also did say that this thousand day thing. Uh, he wa- I believe he might have been one of the first ones to bring up the thousand days that they're going to have Roman go to. So, yes, Kevin Castle was correct there. And uh, good for him. Boy, his co-host was not too happy. <laughs> but he figured it out at three o'clock in the morning. Oh, fuck off. Um, anyway. The 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 win wasn't the, the match was great the win was great but this was the best picture of the night for night two was Cody lying in the ring with the rubber chicken beside him. You did catch this, right? I honestly like it was not until I saw this photo multiple times that I realized it wasn't a Photoshop, which. I actually didn't catch it because I like as soon as I heard the three count, I fucking with light speed grabbed my tablet and immediately started looking on Twitter for just all of the like angry Cody fans. So I was like, you know, I didn't think this would actually happen. But now that it's here, it's time for two hours of angry Cody fans on Twitter, just reading them, complaining and whining and crying and just smile on my face, sitting in a chair, all relaxed. I fucking borrowed Keith Lee's smoker jacket. Like it was just, <laughs> I was having the time of my life. Well, good. I'm glad. But yeah, this was not photoshopped. I remember watching the end and I'm like, I, I, listen, it was Sunday. I was getting ready i was i was going to bed after this and i'm i remember looking in the ring going did i just like i'm shutting it off and as i'm turning peacock off i go did i just see a rubber chicken in the ring i i turned it's the great part if you truly think about this like if you give this time to like ruminate a little bit somebody brought a rubber chicken somebody somehow got a rubber chicken past security and somebody waited perhaps through both nights for the best time to throw a rubber chicken into the ring. And they had enough restraint and enough foresight to actually just hold on to it. And then as Cody loses and Cody's dejected in the ring with fucking pinpoint accuracy, they hurled the rubber chicken into the squared circle. And there it is. 
there it is. And I guess someone was saying that some guy at one like an ROH show or something Cody was at did actually taunt him with a rubber chicken and might have been the same guy who threw it in the ring. But yes, there is a rubber chicken in the ring with Cody. Um, I wish to believe that it was Spangoolie, which yeah. if you're a Chicago person, you wouldn't get that reference. But uh, So... There you go, but uh, yeah, so Roman did retain. I will be scatterbrained for a minute, and then we'll go back to him and basking in Cody's misery. Did you see the tweet? Um, speaking of long-term storytelling and people taunting people, when Sammy and Kevin won, there was a fan that was recording, and they like they show the ring, and then they like bring the camera up to the skybox. And you see Johnny Knoxville in the skybox flipping off Sami Zayn and just yelling shit down to the ring. I was like, oh, that is phenomenal. That's beautiful shit right there. That is good stuff, man. So Cody lost and it was absolutely, I thought that there was no way it would actually happen, but I wanted to believe. I wanted to believe in my heart of hearts that it was going to happen. And I watched along. I swear to God, by myself in my living room, when they did the little punch exchange and they did the gays and boos, I was cheering every time Roman landed a shot and booing every time Cody landed a shot. And then as soon as Cody started to spam the crossroads, I my finger was hovering over the back button to turn the TV off. <laughs> and when he stopped, when Heyman got on the apron and Cody stopped, and I saw that taped thumb of Solo come into the frame. I like, want to talk about lighting up like a Christmas tree. Oh, buddy. I was fucking rubbing my hands together. I was like, hold on a minute. They might actually do it. One, they might do it. Two, they're actually going to do it. Three, holy shit, this is beautiful. This is everything I've ever wanted. Thank you. You were going, Visionary indeed. Oh, but I, you know, I, I got to tell you that this match was fucking intense. They had so many false finishes and so many like two and fucking seven eighths counts. I mean, there were so many moments where you thought Cody was going to win it. There were so many moments where you thought the match was going to be over with Roman winning it and hoping it. It they really did. Both of these guys, you got to admit, did a really good job of just just bringing that story out there. But again, man, it was too convenient for Cody to just go out there and be the one guy who could go out there and just take out Roman because 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 he said he was going to. No, 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 no. There's got to be more to this story than just I win the Rumble, I win the title. No, 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 no. I will say it was cool though because they did like a nice little like they went to the well twice. But then they changed things because in night one, it ended, like you said, it ended with Sammy doing the Haluva kick a bunch of times and then they hit the pinfall. Right. Night two, you had Cody do the, like doing the crossroads multiple times and then it ended with Cody losing. So like everybody thought like, all right, this is Cody's going to win because they went back to the same sort of finish. Oh, you, you dropped out on that last sentence. No, I was saying they they went they went back to the same well because they had you yeah. know, Sammy did the Haluva kick like two or three times and then he won the match. Cody did the crossroads two or three times in a row and then he lost. So like they went to the back to the same finish, but then they flipped it. So I thought that was cool right. that they did that. They like sort of you had your expectations going and then they went entirely veered off to the left. Yeah, and a, another good entrance by Cody he comes out. He sees uh, his 
family. He goes down and sees him. And Amanda Hubert, uh, Brody Lee's wife, was there also. And uh, his son, Negative One, was there. And now when we saw the belts that Cody had made, we saw there were two of them. We knew he was going to give one away. And he did give that uh, weight belt away with all the engravings or the uh, inscribings of all the uh, promotions he had worked for. He did give that one to Negative One. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was nice. I won't make fun of that, but everything else, everything else you can make fun of, but uh, yeah, that was a, a, a good little moment right there. We 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 figured he was going to give one of those away, it's just the way it goes. There was a tweet from Nyla Rose, I, I, I've always said that her Twitter game is it's fucking impeccable. But there was a tweet from Nyla Rose during the match that said if Cody wins, his the next promo that he cuts is going to be just him reading the entire Declaration of Independence. And I was like, you're probably not far off, honestly. Oh, he won, dude. He would have been over there just doing the PAFO. I, I would have not, I would have avoided WWE like a, like the plague for fucking the next at least year or two. Tune in to IYH and your head wrestling to get that joke. Uh, <laughs> Go listen to Jack and Incher. They're still around. <laughs> Uh shit. So, uh, Smart, as WrestleMania is going on, right? Mm-hmm. Night two. We're hearing rumblings. We were hearing rumblings, Smart, of a merger. A merger happening. A merger that could have been announced early as Monday. Which is funny because they asked Roman about that in the press conference after the show. And he just kind of looked at the guy and he's like, how the fuck does that concern me? I won my match. That's all I'm here to do. And like, it was funny because the guy who asked the question was the same guy that like punk flipped out on. Yeah. During was, the all out conference. Yeah. It was and Nick he even looks at the guy points at him and goes, you have a history of starting trouble at press conferences, don't you? Yeah. It was Nick Houseman again, but yeah. Listen, everyone shits on this fucking guy. Who's asking these fucking questions? You know he's not going to fucking get answers to. Okay. What's your point? He actually never got to ask CM Punk a question. CM Punk berated him that night. And he never got to ask Punk a question. And the Punk was pissed because he asked Tony Khan a question to clarify a rumor. And then people are pissed at him because he didn't clarify the rumor before asking the person about the rumor but he's going to the source to clarify the rumor why are we pissed at this guy again Mm -hmm. i'm very confused i i could have sworn when you're trying to clear up a rumor the best person to go to is the source the guy who can answer the question like the magazine the source like benzino no hey benzino what is he a rapper or something? What? Yeah, Ray Benzino is is a rapper and he's owner of the source or used to be the owner of the source. I don't know hey, if it's my uncle defended him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rapper from Boston. My Famous uncle into a feud with Eminem did not fare well for himself. My uncle from Boston defended him. The one that uh, is on the uh, Netflix thing narrating. He had a couple of music videos on BET Uncut, which is really the only way that I knew about him outside of the Eminem feud. Wow, my uncle is hip. 
That's right, Derek. We're talking. We mentioned Benzino. We're going all the way back. We're talking um, 2002. Fits right along with all the other music talk that we were doing earlier. Nickelback and Disturbed. And I'm gonna. Biscuit. I'm gonna tell my uncle he's hip. He's actually not in the greatest of health right now. So. No, no. Yeah, man. So, anyway, um, but we're, we're we're getting all these rumors of a merger happening uh and endeavor the company that owns ufc is a company that everyone's hearing about that's going to happen and literally monday morning we start hearing about that this is final it's done none of us are going to know when this deal got done this could have been done before wrestlemania and i have a feeling it was uh probably probably was and i think it might have been i think everyone was keeping it hush hush um I think this deal was probably the one in the works that Vince came back to finalize. I really do. Uh, But, you know, and then we get Raw the next night, and Triple H is opening up Raw by thanking everyone who works for the company, WWE Universe, and ensuring to everyone that despite the WWE sale, which isn't really a sale, it's actually a merger, WWE isn't going to be changing at all. And we are WWE then, now, forever. Together. The sledgehammer is in the enclosed pool area. Yeah, those two. Those two. But, um, so we do have a merger. WWE has actually, uh, like I said, Triple H came out and did that announcement. And WWE, though, has actually merged with endeavor um i fucking loved this cnbc video and it's on youtube it is and everyone can check it out and i encourage you to because they're talking to vince about this deal apropos of nothing i just out of nowhere the guy is talking and he just yells i'm a visionary (laughs) and then the guy is like yeah so do you think that all the sexual assault allegations uh forced you to sell and he's like no like it was, it was a, it was a great, it was a great video. It was a great interview. Of course, of course. So, I mean, let's face it: two of the biggest combat sports. Should we go mm-hmm. combat sport? Two of the biggest combat sport promotions right now have just combined together uh, to merge into one company. They're estimating. That WWE is a nine point three billion dollar company. They're estimating UFC is a twelve point one billion dollar company, which makes this basically a twenty one point four million billion, excuse me, billion dollar deal. These companies are now together. They are going to be a conglomerate. It's saying that they're going to be thinking of some sort of new name for the whole company soon. Does that mean WWE may change their name? Maybe. It's possible. I doubt it. I really don't think so. Uh, They have too much uh, merchandise, too much branding, too much stuff under WWE, especially after trying to get the F out, if you remember that. Mm -hmm. I I think WWE will not change names now. There's a few few things going on, and Mark Ramundi and Mike uh, Coppinger did uh, a little a little talk about all this and they were kind of going back and forth on it so 
Um, but just to let everybody know, Vince McMahon will stay on as the new company, not WWE, the new company's executive chairman. Okay. Dana White will still remain president of the UFC. Nick Khan, however, will serve now as president of WWE. Uh, yeah, Vince is basically the second in command. Pretty much. Uh, Ari Emanuel, the Endeavor CEO, will be the overseer of everything. Um, I can tell you for sure that if there's anything this guy values, it's ethics. <laughs> He's fucking his two biggest business partners are Dana White and Vince McMahon. Well, they're I mean there's already a in they're already launching an investigation into this thing right now for all kinds of bullshit. I'm assuming it's some fucking shareholder who didn't get paid enough. But there were some I mean it's rumored that Triple H had a 5 billion dollar a 5 million dollar bonus off of this. Nick Khan got a handsome bonus. Nick Khan just stepped the fuck up, dude. This guy is now president of WWE. And with this deal, this is, dude, this is ridiculous. Um, but again, so you mentioned, mm-hmm. you briefly kind of gave a shout out to in your head. Like, it's been more than 10 years, like, I don't know, 2012 or so, when you'd have, like, Vince would be on Raw almost every week. And he comes in sometimes and is part of the chat room and everything Weeble. And I would talk about how senile Vince was going to be a fucking just real treat to watch in the next couple of years. Ten years, like over ten years later, or in 2023, nobody ever thought this would happen. Like they're selling WWE. This is like one of the biggest deals ever in wrestling. It could potentially change a lot of things in the wrestling landscape. And in the midst of this, you have Vince on TV, on CNBC. Mm-hmm. With a fucking Vincent Price mustache yep. and dyed eyebrows. Not even a dyed mustache, which is also dyed too. But this fake fucking Vincent Price mustache, dyed eyebrows, dyed hair. Looks like it's going to fucking start leaking at any moment. And he's just shouting, I'm a visionary at the top of his old. Like, this is amazing. Like, it, it's sort of sad and depressing that, like, he's not going to have to be held accountable for any of the terrible shit he did. But if he can't, if he, you know, if you don't laugh, you're going to cry. So I I can love nothing more than just fucking senile old Vince with his fucking shitty mustache and his fucking dyed eyebrows in the midst of the biggest deal ever. Like this, like footage of this video is going to play for eternity, fucking Mm. time and continuum. This is a part of the history of WWE, and they're going to go back to this video numerous times, and we're going to see Vince with this fucking unbelievable mustache. Well, this mustache is going to do a lot right now because, uh, like we did just say, though, this company is yet to name to be a name. Smart, they they are working on a new name for this uh, conglomerate of companies. Um, but this this could be pretty massive on uh, on some things. Now, you have uh, now Endeavor does will own fifty one percent, so they will have the controlling stake of wwe now this is kind of like on shark tank when someone takes over 51 percent of your company they do own the majority but we got to remember wwe is a now is endeavor or ufc public 
Um, apparently not, because apparently okay. what's what's they were saying was going to happen was the new like company that they're forming in the midst of the merger of WWE and UFC will be going public for okay. stockholders and you know all that kind of shit going to Wall Street. So I guess UFC isn't WWE was of course, Before, but I guess right. UFC wasn't or it wasn't after they bought them. But yeah, it's going to be a publicly traded company. And apparently Vince, so. according to Meltzer, is also making money off UFC too now. So. Okay. He fucking hit the jackpot big time. Of course, the company merged. So yeah, of course. Now he's not. I mean, he still has stake, and he still has shares. But yeah, this puts you and UFC on a different level. Like we just said, this is going to make UFC a public publicly traded company. Now, this was probably the cheapest way they could ever th- believe it or not. This might have been the cheapest fucking way to get an IPO off the fucking ground. It, it it opens the door for some potentially interesting opportunities. It does. Like I yeah. mean, there's no guarantee that any of this shit's going to happen. But if WWE and UFC are working together, you, it has the potential of like I think we've already seen a little bit of uh, Daniel Cormier like doing some stuff with them. You can see more of that potentially. People like maybe like people like Conor McGregor or John Jones doing like appearances or you know one offs here and there potentially. It opens up some interesting potential opportunities, I would guess. I don't know. John Jones in that wellness test might not do well. Well, if they don't test Brock, they're probably not going to test John Jones. Mm, I'm talking WWE here. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, this does open a door for a lot of things. There's a lot of... uh, Everything right. I mean, there's a lot of things up in the air with WWE right now. There's how pay is going to work, how fighter pay is going to work. Are the fighters going to get paid different now? Um, does this impact the media rights, the pay per view model? There's a lot of questions that are going to be asked, and you know you're going to get answers from reporters. But to be honest with everybody, I don't know. We don't know. This is all. This is all questionable. Right now, what's going to happen? Now, I do want to say, <clears throat> I think what, back in 2016, when Endeavor did buy UFC, one of the first thing they did was they started cutting costs, which included widespread layoffs for the company. Um, so obviously, I would figure both UFC fighters and WWE talent are both probably having some concerns about being let go, laid off. I mean, this could definitely happen. When a company merges, this is what happens. You go, okay, where are we going to fucking trim the fat? Because what's going to happen is, okay, they already had, UFC already had a, a division, I'm sure, to take care of live events, right? I'd imagine. I would imagine WWE has a division taking care of live events. Why do we need two? Why can't we just join some people together? Maybe cut cut back a few people and do this. We are gonna. I guarantee we're gonna hear people being let go within the next couple of months here. On no, both, say there's yeah. been there was a kind of a rash of UFC, not like a rash, but there was a couple of people in the UFC fighters that got released. I guess today I, I saw a message. G Wiz of uh, totally inappropriate sports. Ah. We talk about that, 
and he, there was a couple of people that got released, but um, that's not uncommon. That happens after every couple of like fight nights or UFC shows, because they have they do so many fucking shows throughout the year, and they have so many fighters under contract that they'll shuffle out some of the older fighters and then bring in some of the you know, like contender series fighters or people that are on the independent scene, for lack of a better term, of MMA, like the, the lesser known companies that they'll bring in. Yeah. Yeah, it will. But, you know, like you were saying earlier, though, this this does bring up a lot of things. Will we see a Conor McGregor? Will we see more of a Daniel Cormier? Uh, We don't know. I mean, listen. Maybe this will get me watching a little more UFC, but this also gives UFC. Now, what's going to happen? I believe UFC has their own streaming service, correct? They have Fight Pass, yeah. Fight. They, well, they have Fight Pass, and they also have a deal with ESPN Plus for pay-per-views. They distribute pay-per-views, and they also show the uh, prelims. Okay, so this could be another way for WWE to get into ESPN. This could be another way for UFC to move over to Peacock. See, th- th- there's so many things that 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 are up in the air right now that, I'll tell you the truth, it's going to be kind of interesting in the next... Uh, the next year or so to see how everything starts ironing out what possible new shows we get what possible i don't know what the fuck you laughing at what you said ufc like getting in with peacock and the first thing i heard in my (laughs) head was like it's saturday night live with your guest host dana white <laughs> or fucking even just Joe Rogan just doing like ten minutes on like trans athletes and then just like a bunch of crowd members Whoa. looking horrified. Dude, Joe Rogan announcing wrestling. What the fuck? I'm down. No, I would give at least twenty dollars to this here Joe Rogan roast fucking green shirt guy for like two hours. Well, first of all, he's not even a wrestling fan, which is why. Oh I yeah, he hates it. it, so he'll shit all over it, which would still kind of be funny. You know, he doesn't hate it. He doesn't get it. He's been around actual physical contact sports for so long. He doesn't understand the glamour of wrestling. He doesn't understand it. He just fucking doesn't. But, hey, whatever. But uh, there's a lot of things that we're going to be we're going to be hearing now maybe this will mean like potentially we'll see like Seamus on an episode of slap fight you know power no. slap no that that that's on youtube maybe who knows who knows but there's always something i'm going to keep going back to and it's the reason i named a show after because this is an important thing there is the non public information that the board members brought up. If you remember, this was one week when you weren't on. And I talked about Vince forcing his way back in and they were trying to stop him because of some non-public information that had not been out there yet. So I don't know, man. This is, listen, Dana White is not exactly the most liked person on the planet. Uh, neither is Vince McMahon. This is like getting the two most hated people together in the world 
and just letting them run a company and seeing what happens. This is what's happening right now. This is literally what's happening right now. And man, this is going to be, this is either going to turn out to be some of the most fun we've ever had with some of the things that are going to happen, or this is the absolute biggest disaster to ever happen to WWE. I don't know which one, but I'm really looking forward to the fucking roller coaster to find out. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. <clears throat> but I wouldn't give it to be a fucking fly on the wall at the company Christmas party. Mm. Yeah, that's gonna be interesting. That's gonna be interesting. But uh, that's uh, that's pretty much all I've really got for the uh, the merger right there. I don't think uh, Smart. I don't know if you have any more, but. Um, we just, everything is right now just so up in the air, and I think as the months and time goes by, we're just going to have to wait and see and figure out what's really going to happen. Does Vince get in more trouble? I don't know. Does that non-public information get made public? I don't know. But like we just said, we're both along for this fucking ride, aren't we, Smart? Yes, we are. I, and like I mean, it. It, Just imagine if you're one of those people that... And I'm, I'm going to leave Regal out of this because I continue to argue that Regal just wanted to be with his son, so he doesn't deserve any of the mockery. Right. But imagine if you were one of those people that are like, ah, oh, Triple H is back. Everything's going to be better again. And then you, like, you hurry up and fucking rush to WWE, and now Vince is back, and it's fucking he's in charge of creative again. Fingers are in everybody, every pie again. And so many people's lives are about to become so much worse. And by so many people, I just mean Cody, and that's what's funny to me. He's like, Cody fucking was foaming at the mouth to come back, and now Vince is back, and he may or may not think you're a star, and he may or may not have you out there doing Stardust in two months. And I'm going to laugh my fucking ass off if it happens. It's funny. I was going back and forth with Eric on Messenger. Uh, And, you know, Eric Eric, uh, of the uh, uh, Unscripted Wrestling Podcast, and he was talking about, uh, he's a big Cody fan. And he was saying, yes. and he was, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. What are they going to do? And he's, after Brock took out Cody on Raw, he's like, did you see that shit? And I'm like, dude, it's going to be so much fun to see Stardust in a couple of months. And he's like, don't say that. <laughs> it's beautiful. It is. At least he'll, he'll have something to do promos about that doesn't reference his dad every time. Yeah, there you go. But I, I, I'll tell you. If I was Bronson Reed right now, I'd be worried. If I was any one of Hit Row right now, I'd be worried about taking a second hit. Uh, if I was Karrion Cross right now, I would be a little fucking nervous. If I was anyone that was a Triple H guy right now, I would not take my job for granted, and I would probably put a few feelers out if I was one of those guys. That's me talking like me. That's what I would Perhaps do. if you're Chelsea Green, you might want to remember your OnlyFans password. It might become fruitful for you in the next two or three months. Chelsea Green might need that. I, listen, her pool may be open. I don't know. <laughs> Cardona's not going to be swimming in that pool for very much longer uh, I will give him credit, he showed up to the GCW show and as a heel in attempt to get heel heat he said that he had to leave this show so that he could go to Wrestlemania and watch his best friend Cody Rhodes win the title 
<laughs> and they booed the shit out of him. And I was like, good job, sir. Good job. <laughs> uh, shit. Oh, you uh, you watched uh, Bloodsport? Uh, no, it was Joy Janela's Spring Break. Oh, the oh they had I didn't even know that was going on. To be honest with you, I will be entirely honest with you. I watched every match on the card except for the main event, which was Joy Janela versus Kota Kota Ibushi. I really enjoyed Kota Ibushi, but I do not want to watch him wrestle Joy Janela for twenty minutes. I just I'm going to die at some point, and I don't want that to be a part of my life that I'm not getting back. Yeah, I don't blame you. Meanwhile, uh, Jordan Oliver and Nick Wayne wrestled Motor City Machine Guns, and that was a really fucking good match from that show. Motor Motor City Machine Guns does not give enough credit as being like an all-time great tag team. They've been doing it for fucking decades at this point. Always been a fan of them, man. Always liked them. I definitely thought they were a good fucking tag team. They're great together. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I'm not saying anything that anybody else isn't saying all the time anyway, but... Nick Wayne is going to be really fucking good. Like, I don't know if he's even 18 yet, but he's uh, Buddy Wayne's son, and he is needs to get the character work a little bit better, but the in-ring stuff is fucking phenomenal. Well, he's young enough to get that going, so. Oh, yeah. Um, folks, I think that's all we've got, except for AEW. I mean, we'll just try to get through AEW as quick as possible at this point. Yeah, apparently Christopher can't say Vince brought in Cody, so maybe... He- Maybe he's not going to completely shit on him. But also, let me ask you a question, Chris, and Box for that matter. Is it out of character for Vince to bring somebody back just so he could make a laughing stock out of them? Saba Simba, perhaps, just as an example. Maybe Ron Simmons as a fucking gladiator. No, it's not. And for Vince to be petty doesn't surprise Mm -hmm. me, but I think... Listen, as I said before, I think we're just going to have to sit here and wait and see what happens with everybody because I would just be a little nervous. But no, it's not it's not at all uh, far fetched to think that Vince would bring someone in just to shit on him and keep him from going back to AEW and making good money and becoming popular and getting over. No. Cut to Samoa Joe wearing a fucking trash bag doing WrestleMania coverage. There's that. There's that part. Yeah. See? Stuff like that. Stuff like that. Um, but anyway, I guess we can go ahead and get into AEW Dynamite. We talked so much about WWE tonight. Let's get into a little bit of AEW, I guess. Um, Tony Khan had an earth-shattering announcement. Oh, my God. Yes. It's called... A- yes. His announcement was... I'm not going to blink for four minutes. <laughs> that was his fucking announcement. Um, I watched um, All Access. And there was a clip for like next time on All Access would be at the episode that's happening tonight. Maybe if they're true to their like next week on teasers. There's a clip of Tony Khan in gorilla position. Just be like, oh, no. Damn it. God damn it. And he's like slamming his hand on the desk. And I was like, I want to know what made that happen. Because that clip is going to be all over the internet as soon as that episode drops. I don't know. But I guess we'll, we will find out, I'm sure. There will be a backstory. Also, pretty bad optics, too. Because like half the episode is like Britt Baker just telling everyone how much she hates Linda Rosa. Oh, my God. So like, there's a clip of just like four people 
backstage that are just all white ladies making fun of the Mexican lady. Mm-hmm. It's like, oof, not great. Not great optics on that one. No. Uh, but yeah, so all acts. And they pissed me off because they promised me Eddie Kingston and there was no Eddie Kingston. So if they do that again, I'm fucking done with this show. Well, he'll be on there eventually. Calm down. There was like two seconds. There was literally like a brief teaser of Ruby Soho telling him not to like go around slapping people. Well, good. Good for her. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. At a girl, Ruby. You fucking tell him. Ruby, 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 somehow. Okay. Let's get into this. AEW Dynamite. Ricky Starks, folks. He's coming down to the ring. He's ready for... I don't know what the fuck he's ready for, but I can tell you one thing. Juice Robinson and Jay White. Folks, that's right. Juice Robinson and Jay White. End up taking out uh, Ricky Starks. Now, Jay White's mark, if you remember, was a question mark because the rumor mill was saying that he might be going to WWE. They had interest in him. Yes. And just big thumbs down to whoever ruined the fun with actual truth. Because, like, it, the, the day, I, I had a couple hours after Vince, or, like, maybe even the day after Vince announced that he was in control of WWE again, there was a report that's like, Jay White no longer interested in WWE. And I was like, fair enough. Smart man. Well, but apparently he was never in talk. There was another report that came out that said he was never in talks with them. So I guess believe whatever you want to believe on that one. Well, obviously he was in talks with AEW because smart. We got the graphic. Mm-hmm. We got the graphic, folks. Jay White is hashtag all elite. God damn it, that's what he is, and that's what he will be. So. There you go. Jay White, All Elite. It is official. Jay White is part of it. So He's a, he's a good acquisition for that. He's a hell of a wrestler. He's kind of a, he can be a bit dry sometimes in terms of like promos and personality, but he's a hell of a wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen too much of him, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really going to sit here and make judgment. I haven't seen that much of him to uh, shit on him or praise him, so I won't do that. But after that, we get Tony uh, Schiavone's backstage. He's talking to Chris Jericho about him coming down the ring after Adam Cole's match last week. And then we get, um, my God, we get all gray Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, if he didn't want to be a Bearcat in WWE, he looks like an old Bearcat right here. At some point, he's going to have to reunite with Sword Strickland, who's going to ask him why his dad don't want him, man. Because he's full-on Uncle Phil at this point. He does look like Uncle Phil. Thank you. I said the same thing. Who has been on one episode of NY... Who was on one episode of NYPD Blue. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, so he comes in and just kind of... I, I, I don't know, man. It... Uh, Keith Lee, looking, I don't mind the look, but a lot of people just don't like the gray. They call him lazy. He's lazy because he doesn't want to dye his beard. Because he doesn't want some of this action right here. This is fucking the Sharpie mustache like Vince has. The fucking dyed 
eyebrows, this perfection right here. Mm, mm, little Vince, little Vinnie Mac, huh? You like it? You like it? Huh? Huh? A little Vincent? There you go. There you go, Smart. I left it. I left that picture for you. Visionary. Visionary. Yeah. Yeah, I vision shit. Okay. But uh, yeah, we had uh, Keith Lee out there in his all grave. I, I, I just don't get people that are so worried about it. Some people just aren't vain pricks. And can we not I think shit on the guy? It was just out of nowhere. It was kind of surprising because it was just like, it was just one day it wasn't that way. And then the next day it was. It just all of a sudden like full gray. Which I mean, obviously, apparently it wasn't like always like that. Apparently it had been that way for a minute. And now it's just natural color. But it was a little bit jarring. I mean, I don't care as long as he can still perform in the ring. I really don't care what he looks like or whether or not he's coming out to the ring in a cloak. Like, he's fucking Keith Lee. It somehow just makes sense that Keith Lee would come to the ring in a cloak because Keith Lee seems like the kind of guy that has a collection of cloaks. He does. He does seem like he has some cloaks at home. He's a human renaissance fair. He is. Uh, he's probably trying to solve a murder mystery in his house with while playing the game Clue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of, I don't know what we're speaking of, but uh, we do get a trios match after that. Yes. It is the House of Black versus the Best Friends. And yes, folks, Sue even pulled up in her minivan to drop off the boys. That's right. Old Sue is back. That's right, folks. I, 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 I like this match. I'm not a big, uh, again, I'm not a big fan of Best Friends. Uh, I do like Orange Cassidy. I don't care for. I, I think Chuck Taylor is the most indie riffic indie guy around. Um, but uh, and I'm a Chuck she, Taylor fan, and I don't know if I would argue that point with you. See what I mean? <laughs> like he's, he has a lot of indie tendencies. I like Chuck Taylor. I like Orange Cassidy. I'm not wild about Trent Beretta, but I was never really was. But it just it is what it is. See, I'm I do like Orange Cassidy. I'm not crazy about Tremperetta, but you know, uh, what are you gonna do though? I did enjoy this match, and House of Black did come out on top, which I think everybody expected. But great stuff here, man. I I actually liked it. I like this match, but um, like I said, House of Black did retain here, and uh, we get moving on. We got a quick little backstage video with Christian and Evil Saurus. I don't know. Why does he look like a bird? I I don't know. It's supposed to be like scales, like dinosaur, dragon, whatever. But it it looks like the fucking, the episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where they're wrestlers. Like, I can send it to you. They're like eagles. (gasps) The eagles soaring. I will go ahead and send that to you. But like it looks exactly like it. Here, go ahead. I'll get it pulled up. That means I gotta. Well, I'll just pull it up. Fuck it. Which is a great episode, by the way, because it was an episode about wrestling, and like one, of the, they ended up like befriending this degenerate old <laughs> washed-up wrestler who was played by Roddy Piper, and it was fucking phenomenal. Derek sent me a funny gif. Anyway, I'll go ahead and get that. Here we go. All right, I'll send it to you, and we could like cross-reference this shit, I guess. Let me download it. I'll put it up here. Give me one sec. I'll get it put up here. It won't take long once you get it to me. Yeah, it's just a matter of how fast can I operate a keyboard and a touchscreen computer, which 
It's not as fast as I would hope, obviously. Come on, man. We're working here. I know. We're live, pal. We're live, pal. I got a beard to die. Die his beard. I will say I like what they're doing with uh, House of Black. It seems like they're doing a lot more to push Brody King as being sort of a monster heel. And that's cool because it seemed like it seemed like Black was really the only sort of relevant member of that group for a while. And now they're trying to – seems like they're more of a fleshed-out trio than they were in the past. Yeah. All right. Here it is. I've got – yeah, it does kind of look familiar. All right. Hold on one sec. I'm not going to adjust this image or anything and do it. I'm just going to pop it in here. This is going to and be- also while we're killing time, whoever brought the LMAO uh, laughing my ass off Cody sign to dynamite, you are my best friend. Because there was just a sign that said LMAO Cody in the midst of the crowd, and I was like, whoever decided to write that down and take the time out of their day, I, I, God bless you, sir. Oh, I give me two seconds here. Where did that picture go? Right here. There it is. There it is right there, Smark. And then the, the Luchasaurus photo. Hold on one sec. I'm going to pull that up real quick. Put that in the middle right there for a sec. Here, I know what I can do. Watch this. I'll put that right there. Okay, we can put that there. And we'll get the Luchasaurus photo back up here. Where are we at? Christian Cage, Luchasaurus. Pop that up. Let me unlock. Unlock. And we'll put this up right Look at this. Look how good I am, Smart. Look at this. Look at this. That's what that reminds me of. There you go. I see it, sir. I do, I do. I see it. Now, who are these guys? Um, it's the main cast of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So it's Dennis, Mac, and uh, da, 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 Charlie. There we go. Okay. And I, I think they're like the Eagles of Justice or some shit, as they were, like, their tag team name was. Frank Reynolds, the Danny DeVito character, plays the trash man, which is he's like this fucking just evil guy who eats trash and throws trash at people, and it's pretty fucking great. Interesting. All right, yeah, I see it. I see it. But, uh, yeah, so, folks, we're going to get a... Uh, I see some tag team matches coming up. I don't know who they're going to go up against. I don't see... I don't see them going back up against Jungle Boy again. Why would they? Um, oh, I accidentally. Uh, there we go. We should be back up now. Sorry about that. I minimized the video accidentally. I apologize, folks, but the audio was still pushing through. So, yeah, there we go with that. Let me get uh, my notes back up here. so I can figure out what the fuck we were doing. And um, all right. So we go from there. And we get the uh, Riho versus Jamie Hayter match. And I did see our chat room a little bit talking about how Riho still looks like a little kid. She does. I actually think she was a part of uh, Bianca Belair's entrance. Uh, They snuck her in. Ouch. Alternate joke, she was also in a Missy Elliott video back in about 2004. Uh, Really? And it that joke works if you've seen Missy Elliott videos. She, for whatever reason, she always had like a trio of small dancing Asian girls. Oh, and like they were children. Okay, now I get it. 
not really, but I don't care. So anyway, we're going to get Christian Cage and Evil Soros, Mark. Yes. Whatever an Evil Soros might be. Is, is it, that's, that's actually what they're calling him, huh? Yeah, looks like it. Yep, looks like it. But then we're, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I have no clue. But we're going to get, uh, but after that, like I said, we got the Re- Riho-Jamie Hater match. And um, Riho does sort of look like a kid. And I get it, but. I don't think anyone expected her to win, win this match, but uh, Jamie Hayter did beat Riho and then showed her a little uh, little sign of respect at the end there. Um, oh, shit. Are all the pictures going to end up this size now? God damn it. It's Riho's size. It's great. I think I just fucked up every picture. God damn. What did I do? All right. Whatever. Who cares? I'll readjust them as we go, folks. But there we go. Jamie Hader showing a little bit of a little sign of respect to Riho. And it's kind of weird because Britt Baker just seems like she doesn't want to be a babyface at this point. Yeah. She's just not going along with the program. She's like, yeah, whatever. You do what you want, but I'm fucking still a bitch. I don't think she works well as a babyface. I think it's her overall energy. Like, some people just aren't good at being likable characters I'm not saying people but just like the Miz doesn't work as a face right like Brett Baker doesn't work as a face uh, I get it I get it I do I guess I just basically implied that Brett Baker is the Miz of AEW which is something to ruminate on for a minute I guess I guess uh, but we did have a funny segment after that though we had the JAS out there and we get Menard Parker and Hager and Matt Menard is asking the audience if they want to know what makes Daddy Magic's nipples hard. The world may never know. No, he told us. They brought out the acclaimed. Yeah. It was the acclaimed. It he has asked acclaimed? that question before. I do like that. That's basically his de facto catchphrase. Like, you know what makes my nipples hard? Yeah, it is. And I like it. I like it. I don't care, but I like it. But I, you know what else I like, though, dude? That. The acclaim just puts a fucking smile on my face, dude. They just do. Bowens puts a smile on my face just seeing him. He's just, he's just, he's he's a funny guy. He's got a fucking great attitude. And you just, he'd be a fucking great guy to fucking just hang out with. I, I, he, it seems I, like. I do. He does. He's, he seems like he'd be a fun guy to hang out with. Um, But uh, it was pretty cool seeing them out there and. You know, Angelo Parker uh, ended up making a match for them on Rampage because you know everyone just watches Rampage. <laughs> I like I like that idea. It's just like people are allowed to book Rampage without Tony Khan's approval because yeah. like no one watches. No one watches. Like it's, like it's it, Rampage is fucking international waters. You're just allowed to do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. I mean, until the Coast Guard comes up. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, Smark. Today was MJF Day's mark. That's right. Actually, in Oyster Bay, in New York, in New York, New York, they uh, they actually did announce it was officially MJF Day. He got a key to the fucking city and everything. And then we come out with this band. And MJF is singing and scatting like he's Frank Sinatra. 
I. This was a little bit of a confusing show. You had a lot of heels doing babyface stuff. And this was. Do I kick it over the fact that you said M- I, I understand that's a genre of singing, but you said MJF was scatting? No, he wasn't shitting anywhere. He was, scatting is a kind of music. I understand. There's Scatman John. He had an album called Scatman World, and I encourage no one to look up Scatman World online. I wouldn't do that. There was the Scatman. Yeah. He's the scat man. That's right. They made fun of it on Beavis and Butthead. It was pretty awesome. I'll bet they. I remember. Oh my God. I remember that fucking episode. Yeah. Because he, he started doing Because like the beginning of the video is like, and like it like makes Beavis like go into like a convulsion. Yeah. It was pretty I, awesome. I do remember that episode. But uh, so after this whole little presentation, we get this guy comes out. He introduces him, makes an MJF day, blah, 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 blah. By the way, I I just want MJF managed to get an ADD chant talking about a disability. The guy got an ADD chant, Mark. Mm-hmm. Because most of us probably have it. I'm. Right, come on, folks. I barely fucking look at the camera because I'm all over the fucking place. I apologize. I'm as ADD as probably anyone out there. Um, yes. But uh, MJF comes out. He tells a story about Mrs. Benedict, his evil teacher. We're a lot of evilness tonight. Um, I had an evil teacher also, but her name was Mrs. Sowers. And she was sour. Don't you dare be sour. Oh, she was sour. S-O-W-E-R. Not, 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 not spelled the same way. Held me back in third grade. Fucking cunt. Hmm. I mean, I'm trying to decide if I had any like actual like mean teachers, or if it was just that I antagonized a lot of them into being mean to me. Like, there's an important distinction. There were a couple. I surely had a substitute teacher in, I want to say sixth grade, call me out to the hall and challenge me to a fight because I I asked him if his wife was going to leave him for a real teacher. Wow, I could see that happening. <laughs> and uh, I knew better at that point because I was like, "Yeah, I mean, if you touch me first, I'll fight you." Because if I just like cold cock a substitute teacher, that's an expulsion. Yeah, I'm not that dumb. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, you should have just started scatting to him. Skittlebibibibibibow. I don't know. Oh, I mean, I. Like, in retrospect, I made that poor guy's life a living hell for really no apparent reason other than I was just a fucking psycho as a child. Ah, fuck it. It's over, Smart. In some ways. Move on, move on, move on. Um, I've grown to be a more tolerant and loving individual. Absolutely. With a great mustache. That's right. And a visionary. (laughs) Exactly. I'm not gonna lie. You've gotten to my head, and I'm now like freaking out about the fact that I'm gonna have to spend all night trying to get this fucking thing off my face once we're done here. I hope you have rubby, rubby alcohol. Excuse me. Oh, I do. You'll be all right. Lemon, lemon also helps after the rubbing alcohol, so you're not sniffing alcohol. Mm. Unless you feel like sniffing alcohol, it's up to you. Listen, you do what you want to do. Whatever gets you off. So. We get MJF once again after his little Benedict, uh, Mrs. Benedict story. 
He leaves. He starts yelling at the band. And who's behind him but Jungle Boy? And they had an awkward roll around like the security missed their cue. <laughs> Did you notice that too? It seemed like it was off. Yeah, you're not wrong. They were looking up, like looking around like, where are these guys? And then they'd roll on top. It, it, it was a little awkward. I think the uh, I think the cue was a little off there. Um, but they did end up breaking them up and whatever. Um, after that, we got Sammy Guevara versus Commander. Um, dude, Commander is a fucking badass dude. The guy walks the ropes like he's on a fucking tight walk, like, like he's a fucking uh, like he's a tightrope walker. It's crazy. Pretty fucking. He's a great good wrestler, but just every time I hear Commander, I always think of like the scene from Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Jason Muse is shouting, I am the click commander. I am the click commander. <laughs> I mean, like, if that's, like, sort of the subtext of his character, like how Moxley is, like, the titty master, but he just never acknowledges the fact that he's the titty master. Like, I'm, I'm okay with that. Oh, he's acknowledged it once or twice. I guess technically Dean Ambrose was a titty master. We don't know, like, what level of proficiency John Moxley has with titty. Oh, no, 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 Moxley. Is and will and always will be the titty master. Yeah. Dean Ambrose was 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 a just like an incarnate of the titty master, but John Moxley right. is the titty master, sir. Absolutely, absolutely. You you said that like you were doing a trailer for an action movie. John Moxley is the titty master. John Moxley has the titty master. <laughs> He's coming back to town because like titties are in danger and he's fighting like like it's like on some like escape from LA type shit. Matt Menard is Joe Pesci. Oh yes. <laughs> he's still doing Pesci. Uh, no one's fucking noticed. I'm noticing the guy is doing fucking Pesci. Yeah. Yeah, it's working for him. It is. It's working for him, but he's doing fucking Pesci. Oh why no one's fucking caught on. Just me and you. Me and you. That's it. That's it. It's a fucking, it's a fucking, uh, it's a fucking thing wrapped in a fucking enigma. I'm surprised that more wrestlers don't like rip off movie characters or actors. I mean, there's a couple of them. We had Joker Sting. Early, early John Moxley promos were basically just Heath Ledger Joker. And like we talked about like Chris Farley and Otis kind of have a thing. But there's a couple of them, but more. We need more of that. We need like a Nick Cage of wrestling. Like a really bad actor? Um... Or like a Steven Seagal. Like if Steve Blackman put on like 150 pounds and then made a return to wrestling. That's what we need. And whispered. Didn't even say his line. Just whispered his lines. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess in some regards, that's kind of Jericho. Like, Jericho goes back and forth on that treadmill. Ah, Jericho don't whisper his lines. Um, but speaking, but since we're going to be talking about lines, Sammy Guevara, after this match, did have a few lines, and he cuts this promo. And the crowd is, like, confused. And they're they're not into this promo. And... I get it. You've got this. You've got this guy who's in this heel faction, 
coming out trying to cut this babyface promo, but you know he's going to be doing heel shit next week. This is another part of the confusing heels doing babyface shit on this fucking show. You got Sammy Guevara, who's an obvious heel. He's in a heel fucking faction, and he's coming out and cutting this whole I've busted my ass for you people fucking thing. And when they don't get into it, he like almost seems like he's pissed. Well, dude, you're in a fucking... I mean, this makes no sense. Do you not get this? I mean, I think he's kind of just... I know that they don't like have their promos written for them, but like he probably does get told some sort of like creative direction to go on. And like, I guess, I mean, I don't know, but it just, that is sort of some of the problem with like AEW is that like the lack of continuity, I guess is a problem. Cause you, like you said, you have somebody who's in a heel faction that does heel shit. Then they come out and cut, like they don't, it's not committing to his character. It's being kind of wishy-washy. Like you had, like we were talking about Sami Zayn earlier. Like he was doing, like he was getting cheered when he was with Bloodline, but he was still doing heel shit. And he was like cutting, like he wasn't cutting face promos. Like he wasn't cutting promos about like nobody respecting him. He was like cutting heel promos like Roman was. Yeah, but this isn't Sami Zayn. Sami, I mean. But I'm saying, like, even when you're getting cheered as a good guy, or, you know, even if it's set up as, you know, a way to get the bad guy cheered. Like, you still need the bad guy to do bad right. guy things. Yeah, which he's still going to do. So why cut this fucking white meat babyface promo on how he, he, he's he been busting his ass and doing this and doing that? No. How about MJF? I'm going to beat the fuck out of you. He's a little bit out of place in the feud in general, but I think they just... They're committed to the idea of having the four pillars as right. I like to call them feud with each other. So, like, Sammy's going to be there whether or not it makes sense or not. I guess. I guess. We ain't got much longer here, folks. I know we're already at about two hours and 20 minutes. We'll go ahead and get uh, wrapped up. We only got four little segments left. Uh, mm-hmm. Hook, and this isn't going to take long. Hook uh, versus all ego Ethan Page. Ethan Page is already in the ring when we get back from the commercial break because, let's face it, who gives a fuck? Who cares? No one cared. Um, But, you know, there was a little bit of an assist from Matt Hardy with obviously teasing a bit of a split from this little firm group. And uh, I guess we'll see what happens. But Hook did get the win very quickly, as I believe I think we all knew they would. It just it astounds me that they still are kind of going with the whole Hardy faction storyline. Like the thing is, just never gonna fucking die. Like there's always going to be some extension of the Hardy family office or whatever it was. Yeah, just roaming the planet. They're like the Impact Wrestling of stables. That's getting it's just bad at this point. So, um, but uh, Smart, we do get a new member of the broadcast team. Mm-hmm. Nigel McGuinness He's back there with Tony Khan Tony Khan makes his big Big announcement um, His announcement is I will uh, If you guys want to have a staring contest Look into the fucking camera mm-hmm. No that's not really what it is Actually his announcement Which 
I got to say, it was kind of a big announcement for them. I, I, I think Tony Khan finally might have lived up to his word. They are going to be doing All In again. Now, All In, we all know, was the incarnation of AEW, which was the Sinclair show that started AEW. Well, they're coming back, and they're going to be doing it on August 27th, live at Wembley Stadium. That's right. Over there in London, folks. Maybe it's because I'm a London. Gonna have to get on the horn with old Luke Burge and see if I can stay at his flat so I can go to All In in London. They can be the Ow Werewolves of London. There you go. Like How that. does AEW not have like a deal with clear eyes? Just like a fucking two-minute commercial of just Tony Khan not blinking, staring into the camera, and just Ben Stein fucking doing a voiceover over it. Clear eyes. Wow. They You've were. been up doing cocaine for 37 consecutive hours. Use clear eyes. It'll moisturize your eyes. Uh, that would work. That would work. But uh, there you go, folks. All in. We'll be uh, right there, London Wembley Stadium. Pretty, like a, it's a pretty, pretty big announcement. I think uh, this is going to be a telltale sign how they do over here, and I think this show is going to be a pretty, a pretty big show for them. So, expect Kenny Omega versus Rob Terry. Oh, ooh, Rob Terry! Good God, you went fucking old school. <laughs> Good. I was trying oh, to think of like man. shitty British wrestlers. They got, they got to roll out. Is like fucking Big Daddy still a thing? Roll him out. Um, who else is there? I mean, there's, there's plenty of good British wrestlers, but that doesn't work. Nah. We got Nigel McGuinness, though. That was a good thing. Yeah, no, I like Nigel. This was good at commentary. He was doing the Ring of Honor commentary for Supercard of Honor. Yeah. It was pretty good. Yeah, I think it's good to see him back. I'm glad he's got uh, glad he's got something, man. He, I'm not gonna say the guy looked well because he his eyes were a little sunk in. He didn't look that well, but yeah, but hey. he's British. That's just what happens. Oh, okay. Uh, I You're not exposed to sunlight on a regular basis. I forgot. Look at Paige. I oh well. Speaking of British. Blackpool Combat Club, started by a British man. Not one British guy in there anymore, but uh, Claudio, I guess, can. <laughs> They're like inadvertently the full-blooded Italians. Which is like a bunch of non-British people in a British-themed stable. Uh, just call yourself the Swiss Misses. And I wish Tracy's mother was still alive. He'd be perfect in the stable. Just fucking Tracy Smothers with a monocle, like dressed up like one of those fucking Imperial Guardsmen. Certain things about Tracy Smothers I just don't think would fly today. A lot of things about Tracy. But he used that as a way to get heat, so it was, it was all fun and games. Oh, okay. There you go. There you go. But we do get the Blackpool Combat Club down here, folks. And uh, I got to say, my internet went out for a few minutes here. I came back. And Brian was saying that there was only four professional wrestlers in this building. And right then, Adam Page came down. What did I miss? And he pointed and said, and that's my point. And then they went to commercial. Pretty much. 
Uh, no. He's like, yeah, see, that's what, that's what I'm talking about. It wasn't that. Did, did I miss anything here, though, or did I get a quick internet? I, I don't think I missed anything, really. Yeah, not really. I mean, uh, they had a little bit of a, a confrontation, but it wasn't anything, like, super substantial. Because they were taking a while to get in the ring, so I'm like, I don't think I missed much here. But, okay, good, 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 good. But, hey, man, as soon as Hangman comes down, though, he literally just charges uh, the Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, they take him out. And then Brian pulls a screwdriver out of his pocket, and he's saying how nobody loves Hangman. Nobody will come down to help him. I don't know about you, but I was halfway expecting the Bucks to come down. Yeah. I think a lot of people were. I think they will eventually. Um, but uh, they gouge Hangman's eye with the screwdriver. And then um, he just, that that that's pretty much it. They come down. They try to check on him. They won't let him in the ring. It's uh, That was pretty much it for that segment. I mean, not too much more to really get into there. I mean, here they are just sitting there. Page holding his eye. My eye, my eye. But there you go. There you go, folks. If there's kind of a part of me to like go back a little bit before we talk about the last segment or whatever. Like the big announcement of like them doing a pay per view in London. If you're not in London or if you're not in England, do you really care? Because I mean, there's certain shows that like even if you're not in that city or town or country. Like the, the Tokyo Dome shows are always a big deal when they when like WWE is in Chicago or AW is in Chicago or Philadelphia, certain places like you always want to see shows from there because the crowd's always really cool. But like, does your average person really care that they're doing a pay per view in England? Nope. Like the NFL is doing they their big announcement this year is that they're doing a game in Germany. It's gonna be Bears and Chiefs, but it's like who gives a shit? Like, I mean, outside of Germany, you know, who cares? Yeah, who cares about anybody outside the U.S.? I agree. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm proud Cody, to be Cody, an American. Where at least I know I'm free. <laughs> that would be great if we just ended the show with that. Like, you pressed a button and Stranglehold by Ted Nugent started playing. And we're like, all right, that's the show. <laughs> That'd be badass. You're right. That would have been. Fucking love that song, actually. Mm-hmm. Gotta admit, I I like me a little Ted Nugent. He's a fucking wacky bastard, but I fucking like the guy. I don't know. Maybe it's because he likes guns. I don't want to say anything bad about him. That could be it. That could be it. Um. So anyway, Smart, we get the main event here. It's the uh, it's FTR versus the guns, and this is uh, careers versus titles, Smart. And let me tell you, I used up all my hope and exuberance and goodwill with the karmic gods on the Roman Reigns title retention. There was kind of, I was all out of faith and hope and just sort of magic when it came to this match. Because if FTR were to lose, they would be done with. Yep. And that actually would have been pretty great if FTR actually did go back to WWE and then Vince was in charge and then he ruined everything for them. That would be equally hilarious to the Cody situation. But that is not the case. No, no, no. I'm Me and you have both agreed they, they, they more than likely have already signed with AEW. They're not going back to WWE. Um, and I think this sort of cements it a little bit. They did 
end up winning this match now. Now, there's an idea. Some cement. You reenact, like, the Great American Bash, like Paul Bearer when he gets encapsulated in cement by The Undertaker. You put fucking Dax Harwood in some cement. Like, you freeze him in carbonite like he's fucking Han Solo. He'd still be bitching. Somehow, some way, he'd still find a way to fucking complain. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, 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 I don't know if it was me. Once again, I thought the crowd was oddly, even shockingly quiet for this match. Like, and again, I'm gonna say again, I get it. There wasn't a huge build for this match. There really was not. It was like, hey, we challenge you. Okay, one week we challenge. Okay, then here, but two weeks later, the match is on. Yeah. What? I really hope because I was seeing a lot of this with the Vikingo Kenny Omega match, like people defending it, and I love Vikingo, and it was a good match. Um, I really hope that this doesn't become the thing in AEW where it's like it's out of touch and out of fashion to like want storylines and angles and like compelling like long term storytelling. Where it's it's just gonna become like just it's a bunch of series of big matches where it's basically just like an indie show with television. Like I hope that's not the direction that they go in because I don't I, I they're they're not doing that with Ring of Honor like the Ring of Honor show they did two different things where it was like they're gonna be doing some long term storytelling because they're gonna be prolonging the Kingston Claudio feud and they're doing the whole thing with Mark Briscoe becoming a singles wrestler and like him learning how to become a successful singles wrestler. So they have like long-term storylines there. Yeah, but there, there, there is a story to this. I mean, if you remember these guys, the, the guns did a fucking funeral for these guys. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there is a backstory to this that, 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 that they could fucking play on, which they didn't. But I mean, you know, even as bad as my memory is, I remember these guys did a fucking funeral for FTR, you know, so there's definitely a story to this match. It didn't just happen for no fucking reason, but um, the match itself was good. But I thought the crowd was 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 shockingly quiet for this match. Again, there wasn't a huge build. I know, like I said, I do get there was a backstory. I just said that. But. Literally, the match happened in two weeks, and the crowd, I guess, just didn't have time to get into it or didn't want to be into it. But um, they really didn't get into it very much throughout the match. But FTR did win, did take the titles. We get streamers, and even Mark Briscoe at the end came out to uh, to congratulate them. So uh, that was how they went off the air. I don't know, Matt, it was a pretty good show tonight it wasn't the best show they've done but i i definitely think that they did a they did a pretty decent job but um like i said i thought there was a few times where they just kind of confused everybody by having these hardcore heels do these baby face type promos on or, or, or and things and um i don't know otherwise i just uh i think that uh this the, you know this for this being a main event that just didn't have enough build. You could have put this match in the middle of a fucking card, and I don't think anybody would have said a goddamn word. Yeah, see, and then we're pretty much done here, but, like, before we wrap everything up real quick, like, there was a lot of animosity and negativity, whether or not I was over the moon about it, how WrestleMania ended or not. There was a lot of, like, pent-up frustration with how things have been going in WWE after you know, the WrestleMania main event and with Vince taking over and Robbie and Terrible and so on and so forth. 
Tony Khan had announced that there was going to be a big, was big announcement for the last like week or so. He knew that there was going to be people tuning in to see that theoretically, and of course, people are mad at WWE right now. Now would be the good a good time to strike while the iron is hot. Do you think that he did? Like the dynamite was a good enough show that like if you're a disenfranchised WWE fan or you're just frustrated about the way things are going, like I don't know if he did, there was enough on dynamite to really compel people to like come on over or to be more excited for AEW the WWE. Like you had a moment where you could like turn tides into your favor, and I don't think you really capitalized. What do you uh, think? No, I I agree. I don't think so either. I don't I don't think this show was that was that great. I, I mean we've complained a little bit not complained but we've touched on a few things that just weren't right that didn't make sense that no i don't think they did i don't think they capitalized correctly i don't think they did what they should have done you're right they should this would have been a great week to go out there and have a fucking uh, a, a great show just do whatever you could and no i don't think they did i don't think this would be enough of a show to turn a casual fan into a aew fan over a WWE show. Not after seeing WrestleMania. This show, no, I don't. I don't at all. There you go. There you go. So I guess we can wrap it up on that note, folks. Uh, we had Mania. We had a merger. All kinds of things going to be happening in the next few weeks, months, days with AEO, with uh, WWE and this thing going on. We're going to have a new company name coming out soon. And uh, it's going to be interesting. There's going to be some interesting things, and we may see some, may see some UF guy, UFC guys in WWE. We may see see some WWE guys go over to UFC and do a little something. Which I, I do think when you know we always talk about optics, and you've mentioned it even before in this show. People have always been skeptical over whether or not UFC is scripted, if the outcomes are you know, known. This isn't going to help that (laughs) at all. This is just going to fucking just keep that shit going. So I don't know, man, but we're going to definitely have a lot of things coming up, uh, going on. And, um, I think that's about it. I think that's all we got to get into tonight, folks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think their problem is the same problem with boxing. It's like when you have a sport that can be determined on judges, you know, rulings for a final verdict, and you also have betting involved that could lead to potential corruption. But I mean, you could say you know betting being involved could lead to corruption in any sport, really. Yeah, but I mean, NFL officiating was fucking god awful this year, and it was what the first year they allowed gambling. So you see how it's gonna go. We'll just uh, we'll wait and see, folks. But uh, thanks everybody who joined the chat. I really appreciate it, and thank everybody for uh, listening. And uh, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. We will be back here next Wednesday night for more Wrestling Outlet. But before that, if you're looking to find more Smark, tell them where they can get more of you, sir. Me and my glorious mustache can be found on Totally Inappropriate Sports Mondays, 8.30 p.m. on Mixer.com slash Metal hyphen, mit hyphen Podcast hyphen Network. Or you can check it out on the archives there on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast uploaded every night on Monday. So right after the show, it goes up. No worry if you're not there live, but be there live because you're not going to want to miss it. There you go, folks. All right, folks, that's it. Have a great night. Appreciate everybody stopping by. And we will be back next week with more fun and more fun. What can I say? 
All right, folks, we are out of here. You know what I say. I say see ya. 90